Hello and welcome to The Hill is Always Greener, a show where four friends continually talk about Sonic Venture until the end of time to distract themselves from the end of time. I'm Rock the Jake. I'm Cyberlink. <laughs> I'm Game Buddy. And I'm Falero. And oh, we got someone else with us this time. Yeah, I'm Fang the Goo. So you know she's a Sonic character because she's got the V in the middle. That's the... Yeah. Well, yeah. well, well Rock the Jake sounded cool and I wanted to sound cool too. And so I decided I'd put the V in there. Oh, Jake has been a Sonic character this whole time. I only just noticed. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> but am I a Rock or am I a Jake? Gotta think about that. You're the you're the big like stone uh, golem boss from Sandopolis. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You I'll beat take yourself. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as I joked earlier, we're talking about more Sonic Adventure stuff, and today we're going to be talking about the comic adaptions from both Archie and STC. Yay! Oh, yeah. we sure are. <laughs> What's my Luke? <sighs> So, so I'm I'm interested in 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 Fang when when we invited you on because you said you liked Archie comics and Sonic Adventure. Did you expect this when when we yeah, when, we sent when you, you said these... you liked Archie comics and Sonic Adventure? Did you expect we would make you read something that would make you dislike both of them? <laughs> no, I still I still they both still have a special place in my heart. Um, I guess I don't know when the Sonic Adventure comics came out. Uh, the Archie ones specifically because uh, those are the ones I collected because they lived in North America. Um, I don't know when they came out, and I'm not exactly sure when I first picked up an issue of Archie comics, but I never ever read the specifically Sonic Adventure comic, um, you know, with Froggy and, like, uh, Chaos and stuff like that. Um, so I never read it. Um, what? How did this happen? <laughs> how, did it, how did it get so... so... funny story <laughs> Let's Let's jump right in. Yeah. <laughs> we're, covering, we're covering two adaptations of Sonic Adventure this time, but we'll start with the Archie one. It's an interesting <laughs> ride. Yeah, so Jeremy, as our kind of unofficial Archie historian, <laughs> could you please explain what the hell happened here? <laughs> okay, so so I'm I'm going to keep it brief and short with my with my knowledge on this subject. So play the classical music. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Sonic Adventure was out in Japan in uh, late 1998, and Sega, who had been very hands-off with their licensed comic book, uh, a North American comic book property, um, you know, pr produced by Archie Comics, uh, gave them a ring and basically said, like, you need to adapt the new video game um, so people will buy the video game more. Unfortunately, I couldn't, um, in, in the time during research for the show, couldn't find, like, a, a solid source, but I definitely remember, even, even back in the day, not too long after this, reading somewhere, it could have been an official Archie blog, or, or something like that, that Sega gave Archie no resources of Sonic Adventure the game to adapt the story. So what they started out with was uh, a famed cover artist, Patrick Spaziente, imported a Japanese Dreamcast and a copy of the game. And they started from there, um, like piecing the story together as much as they could. Uh, and I don't believe any of them spoke like fluent Japanese. Didn't uh, have a friend or something? I'm sorry. <laughs> 
I well, I mean, this was this was 1998, and I mean, oh, that's the, right. The, the Japanese had not been invented in the U.S. yet. <laughs> I guess. I'm sure there were. It was. I'm not going to say it was not just full of white dudes, but it probably might have been. I and I mean, I, I guess why I why I brought that up was that you know the the internet was burgeoning, but it wasn't like you know they couldn't go on Twitter and say like, hey, anybody you know, can translate these cutscenes, but <laughs> any, so, okay, fast forward until February 2000, which is actually when both of these adaptions were, were published, and they had managed to get a hold of the English game, and if, if you read this adaption, especially scans of the original issues, you will notice that sometimes the dialogue changes fonts from the hand lettering to computer comic sans, and every time that happens, I am betting that that was a, an 11 o'clock editorial change to put something to make it fit better with the games. Like oh no, in, we um, have the English dialogue now, quick. <laughs> put in the Comic Sans edits. <laughs> they, and I mean, the, the first issue, the, the Knuckles backup story is 90% his opening monologue from Sonic Adventure in that mm-hmm. changed font. And uh, yeah. same with referencing the uh, Sonic and Tails' biplane is now the tornado conspicuously and etc, etc. So, okay. And I'm trying to say this in a neutral tone. Um, the editorial at Archie Sonic, well, they they weren't famous for being good at their job. So <laughs> I, I we 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 pick on we pick on certain writers, and I'm actually uh, every time I go back to the this era of Archie, I have a a much more burgeoning respect for Carl Ballers, who really seems like he was trying to do his best with what Archie gave him. Like, I know uh, uh, even when some of his stories get a little silly, like, I believe he has been pretty open about, like, they told me to get silly. Like, (laughs) he was doing what was asked, and... You know, when other writers, which we'll get to, uh, other writers just decide to come in and completely contradict what what uh, Carl has already laid down as far as, like, character motivations go, that wasn't his fault. And in fact, I might lay that at the, the feet of the editor, uh, uh, Justin Gabry, I believe. You know, the guy, the bald guy that shows up in the off panels that are the most unfunny things you have ever read in your life. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, um, uh, in the process of trying to shoehorn Sonic Adventure into the Archie universe, which is, as we've already discussed, is very weird with, like, how Chaos Emeralds and Rings work, and all of a sudden, uh, the seven Chaos Emeralds are a very huge plot point in Sonic Adventure, so they decide to go with Super Emeralds, which are kind of a thing in Archie, and... Oh boy, they can't even keep that straight. But I, I, I feel like that is that is better saved for our our main discussion of the story. But that is a a brief uh, uh, try to be a brief introduction to why this story is is the way it is. It was a Sega mandate. Uh, they said, but you can't have any info about the games, and you have to do it and make it fit in your very unique Archie Sonic universe, no matter what. And everything else is their fault. indeed um i'm pretty sure sega didn't say you had to come up with a uh colonization with the echidnas uh plot line in the backup stories (laughs) who the hell is this nate guy 
<laughs> well, okay. okay. Yeah, that's, that's getting dropped in the deep end a little bit. <laughs> I, d- I don't 100%. I know he is a, okay, Nate is a human who in Archie um, Overlander, is part, I think Overlander. Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> a four-fingered human. Yes. <laughs> Distinctively four-fingered human is an overlander, and they're going to come back to the finger thing, apparently. And then it doesn't matter because nobody ever remembers to draw it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Nate was a... I can't 100% remember. He's... I don't hate Nate Morgan. He is a little bit of a uh, a problem solver. In fact, that anytime there's a problem that needs to be solved in a story, he says, oh, well, I can do that. Like, he was friends with King Maximilian when he was younger. Um, he's also been to Station Square before anybody else has. Uh, I think he created the majority of the magic rings in the world by harnessing um, the powers of a super emerald. And he's just a little super scientist guy, and uh, he's kind of cool. He's not that bad. Um, we have so, Lucius Fox at home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so here's my question: isn't isn't Tails supposed to be like the? Is he just like a mechanic? I thought Tails was also like a super genius. Well, they haven't got to that yet because we've okay. just got to Sonic Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that both uh, the Archie comics in the UK one um, both have like this super smart guy insert. The other guy was like literally Porky Pig. He's literally Porky yeah, Pig. Yeah. Hey, he does, and then they're hey. both there's these super smart inserts and it's like bro- brothers tails is right there like why did we need another super okay. smart guy coming rushing to the defense of my boy porker lewis porker lewis is his own guy he, he doesn't have a speech impediment he just has terrible trauma brought upon him for the, that month he was locked away with metal sonic um but you know like here's the thing uh i don't know if tails being a genius was a known thing in the West at that time, like it was always uh, there in like the Japanese side of, of Sonic, like in all the in all the Japanese manuals, everyone knew. Oh, Tails is a smart one, but over here, as far as like all the uh, all the media adaptations were concerned, Tails was just a bit dim. He was just Sonic's little brother who wasn't very smart. So yeah, you know what? Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> so see that's that. what it, that's what that's the explanation for it. <laughs> Honestly, we really should have figured out that he was the smart one by the fact that he flies a plane. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah, just does really plane. It's simple controls. It's just up, down, you know. <laughs> if Sonic can fly it as well. Uh, it's actually Sonic's plane, by the way. That's the thing I always it's forget. <laughs> Sonic had yeah, it no first. big deal. He's just playing tail gunner. Um our Archie Sonic also kind of had a a multiple things going against it for introducing Tails as like, oh yeah, he's the smart mechanic because they had so many other characters who were that like they carried over Rotor from Sat AM Saturday Morning Sonic as the mm. the tech guy, and then um, once Uncle Chuck started showing up, he was also like a scientist who would make machines. And then yes, you in- they introduced Nate Morgan, who was also a super scientist who built lots of things. And then by the time Adventure rolled around, and it was firmly established, like in in all the games that oh no tails is also a tinkerer and a boy genius it was like well okay how many <laughs> how geniuses do we... we got in here exactly <laughs> not enough too many geniuses and, and, to and dr robotnik come on yeah and what's uh... in the water <laughs> <laughs> 
So, yeah. Okay, so we are going to jump in. We're going to do, you know, a brief synopsis of the the story of the Archie adaption and just dig into, like, the little points we want to hit. We're, we're not going issue by issue because there's, there's too many. There's, yeah, <laughs> there's seven there, of there them. Are. We don't have time. Yeah. Oh, one of them's uh, a special. Oh. Goodness. Yes, almost a hundred pages. Um, but we are we we are talking about Archie Sonic the Hedgehog regular issues uh, number seventy nine through eighty four, and Super Special number thirteen. Which we, we've talked about the Sonic Super Specials. They were an event, you know, double length at least forty eight pages. Oh wow, what a what a what a thing. <laughs> But we have uh, uh, the covers of these are by Patrick Spaziente, um, Harvey uh, Mercandusica. Uh, oh, man, I should have practiced this. Mercado Casio? Yes. Uh, Josh D. Ray, um, Monty Galan, Ken Penders, and Nelson Nelson Ribeiro. Uh, these stories were written by Carl Bo- uh, Ballers and Ken Penders. Uh, pencils were by James Fry, Stephen Butler, Jim Valentino, Chris Allen, Ron Lim, Oh, Ron, I think this is his debut on Sonic 2. And yep. Patrick Spaziente. Uh, inks were by Andrew Pepoy, uh, Pam Eklund, and Ken Penders. Colors were by uh, Frank Gagliardo, Josh Ray, and Amy Ray. Letters were by Jeff Powell and Vicki Williams. And only putting this in there because I've already mentioned it, but the editor, art director, and story outline was by J.F. Gabry. Uh, so, yeah, keep that in mind. That's a lot yeah. of people. Art director and and story yeah. outline. Yeah, it, it, it's a big contrast to, to when we get to STC. Just, um, just Nigel, Rich, and Ellie. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's a lot of pages. You need a lot of people. Yeah, that's true. We start with, <laughs> this is the official name of the first story. I'm sorry, this is probably the only one I'll bring up, but it's The Discovery, colon, A Sonic Adventure tie-in. <laughs> <laughs> right Just there to the let subtitle. you know. So th- this is where this is where we start off, where where Nate Morgan, who who like we've established, is a, f- a friend of of the he's a he's an overlander human. He is a friend of of King Acorns from way back. Um, he is monitoring transmissions um, from uh, Dr. Ro- Ro- actually Robo Robotnik, you know, is now the new Dr. Eggman. Woof, we can't get into that. <laughs> uh, but that um, Eggman is planning to invade the hidden city of the ancients, uh, a place that everyone but Nate Morgan thought was like just a myth. But he's like, oh, no, I've been there before. Like, yeah. Okay. So, so the king says, well, we should definitely have a responsibility to warn them. Eggman is a bad guy, so we're going to do that. Um, this is where Amy Rose gets the idea in her head that even though she's the same age as Tails, which is in this continuity about eight or nine years old, she is not allowed to come with the Freedom Fighters because it's too dangerous. So she goes and gets the Magic Ring of Acorns, which is a royal heirloom that's supposed to grant wishes and wishes herself older. And uh, I think it's revealed later that she is actually like the same age as Sonic, um, which is 16, but also like... Mm, they are very specific that she just ages herself physically. So yeah, 
<sighs> there it's are things to say about that. <laughs> you know what? And I'm just going to say it sucks. It's bad. It's a bad idea. I understand how they, they, <laughs> like I said, there was a lot of pressure. They had to do this right away, but the cop, the Archie comic specifically ignored Amy Rose for so long. Like she could have just showed up in the story with her Sonic adventure look and been like, Hey guys, it's me, Amy Rose. I look different. Oh, okay. You want to come along with us, Amy? Yeah, sure. I have a hammer now instead of this because this is so weird um and also it's not just that she's also like at the same time elias has this cool idea to use a wish for something a bit more um, noble yeah a bit yes. noble a bit uh. that has a purpose to it other than i don't get to hang out with the big kids <laughs> Which, uh, if you don't know, Elias is Sally's long-lost brother um, right, who right. has spent the majority of his life on the floating island for... I don't remember why they were hidden there, I guess, to protect them from Robotnik. But uh, Elias and Sally's mother, the queen, Queen, queen Alicia, is currently in a... Well, I mean, it's a Nora Freeze, you know, Mr. Freeze wife's tube um she's she's very sick she's in a coma and elias was like oh i'll use the magic ring that grants wishes to heal her except amy uses the last one to do this and it really i I mean rightly so i remember stuck in the craw of a lot of like sonic fans like and people that liked amy but was like why would you put that on that poor girl no seriously it's so unfair (laughs) to the character to make her be this selfish and childish i know she's a kid but why would you do that to amy yeah yeah archie comics they fucking hated amy dude (laughs) (laughs) well i mean she's like you said she's not really around very often they they all they had to bring her we talked about the sonic cd adaptation where they had to bring her in almost out of obligation and are like oh fine here she is but also Regman kidnaps <laughs> kidnaps Tails as well because we actually care about him so uh, there's Amy fine now go yeah. away <laughs> they, they just... and it's, it's such a it's such a moment of like inconveniences like like Elias is just like oh yeah I just remembered that we have this thing Oop, oops Amy's here and then we just have like this gigantic narrative block and just <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like I realized they created this ring of acorns just so they have an excuse to age me up but it's like knowing that was there and knowing some of the things that they could have prevented with it you know does not reflect well on uh the uh royal family of uh not whole let's say oh no everyone looks bad it's why why could a child just walk in and grab it and like how long has the queen been sick like could you have made this wish a lot sooner why did you only decide oh Uh, i could do it now when exactly when this child is thinking how much she wants to be an adult Uh i'll go get it I'm sure Elias had a lot of more things on his mind, like why all these Tenshi Muyo characters are around him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I'd, I'd love that. I remember catching, they appear in multiple issues, and it's just a background gag. Um, but the, yes, that there are like furry women in the background who are clearly like caricatures of Tenshi Muyo protagonists. Dude, that right? fucking owns. I love Tenshi Muyo so much. I would have oh. loved to have seen that as a kid. I would have lost my shit. 
<laughs> Why can we not stop associating Sonic with Tenchi Moyo? I was going to say, this has come up before, believe it or not. Because the, the creators clearly like harem stuff, and that's why Sonic has like 20 girlfriends in Archie comics. I never thought about that before. Yeah. <laughs> You're not even wrong. I mean, I think when these comics came out, like it was peak like Tenchi on Toonami, like during the day. And I, oh man, it's those were the days. Spilled over. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, okay, we're we're moving on from this, but it always bugged me that the cover of this issue seventy nine, Amy is clutching a obviously a super emerald and not the ring of acorns, like. What was up with that? Like, you know, covers don't have to be completely literal, but also, like, they should probably not contradict the main thing in the story. And I'm just going to say it. That's a weird looking emerald. It kind of looks like it's inflated or something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The mystical beach ball. (laughs) So Amy gets her wish. She gets to come along, mostly because Nate is like, uh, yeah, like, we don't know what the the magics are going to, like, destroy your horrible body, Amy. You need to come along so I can, you know, analyze you when you explode. Um, (laughs) But they they leave. They make their way to where the the hidden city of the ancients is supposed to be. And uh, a cute little Easter egg is it's the island from the Sonic OVA. (laughs) It's the, uh, the little volcano and the crashed plane and all that stuff and um they of course they they go in there and and it's station square and uh got before this uh nate morgan explains that this is a a hidden city that was uh developed by a strange separate race of human overlanders with five fingers um now does that matter to the story at all no because one um nobody bothers to tell the artists drawing these issues and uh the humans switch back and forth between having four and five fingers all the time <laughs> and two they do the same thing with the sonic characters um like the, the the fact that the the humans in Archie before this like always had four fingers was just kind of odd because I think the only time that Sonic and it's usually Sonic and Tails had four fingers like the rest of the 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 animal characters was like back when the book just started and I'm guessing they've had four fingers because that's just cartoons like yeah. you know cartoon yeah. animals usually have four fingers Mickey Mouse yeah. etc but by the time you got here and when the book was a Adopting like a very anime like game, you know, to look more like the the current game style. They just started drawing all the characters with five fingers. Like even Sally and other characters get five fingers eventually. So it doesn't matter at all. Why bring it up? <laughs> Why do we spend so much time talking about it as a matter of fact? <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Although I do speaking of art, I do want to bring up that yes, like this is the area where where like the anime influences are definitely coming in and part of that is like the gigantic eyes on all the characters and oh yeah. my gosh. It, it really does not do any favors for most of them but especially like Sonic on specifically page two of issue 80 where he has a side profile and like 50% of his entire head is eyeball <laughs> yeah. oh my god yeah, yeah. they look like weird deformed bugs it was really it was really funny uh, reading both the UK and the Archie comics because there's there's like no in between there's just like super westernized looking Sonic and then super anime Sonic and like nobody could find the medium. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would it would not be until uh years later that we would have like uh you know the perfect balance with like a Tracy Yardley Sonic and mm-hmm. like Tyson Hess and and Patrick Speziente doing classic Sonic but I don't hate uh these first couple issues are I think James Fry does the pencils. Uh, it is super anime. I don't think it's it's not terrible. It is just like you said, Jake, it's way too exaggerated. Like a lot of the more subtle like action poses look much better. But yes, it is very intentionally supposed to be anime the way like, you know, the characters mouths like, you know, hang out of their muzzles, you know, like an anime and yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. Well, I mean, like, it's like, uh, this is what Western people drawing anime looks like. This is what I was yeah. drawing at that time. How to draw manga. <laughs> I mean, that's yes. how I was doing it. <laughs> I, was, I, wa- I was watching Teen Army at the time, so. Yeah, I gotta say, as like an 11, 12, 13 year old, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, um, in our backup stories, Knuckles has a bad dream, which is, again, just his monologue from the beginning of Sonic Adventure, specifically mentoring the Master Emerald, which I believe does not exist in Archie comic until this sentence. Uh, I think it does. I think it's popped up, but it's like, but Mammoth Mogul is in it. Yes. So that's why they had to do a whole funny thing with like giving us a different Master Emerald for Chaos to be in because of Mammoth freaking I can't remember if they used the phrase Master Emerald. They might have, but it has before this, it was just a single Chaos Emerald, which is keeping the floating island up. Um, Of course, you know, this is also like way past the time that Knuckles has discovered that the the city of Echidnopolis has been on the uh, floating island this whole time. And there's millions of other echidnas and his, God, what is it? The Council of Guardians, uh, his dad and all his other racist grandpas. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just stealing jokes from from the Bobby Schroeder's blog. But oh, I've done the same thing this time. I read, read, read through it again. If the shoe fits. Please don't, please don't talk about the shoe fitting when we've had to see Knuckles' gross feet. Yeah. yeah. Feet Knuckles oh disgusting. my Knuckles. God. <laughs> Knuckles shows feet. <laughs> I was very jarring, and then they kept doing it forever. <laughs> yeah. So Knuckles has a bad dream about uh, a monster, it's chaos, absorbing the Master Emerald, uh, and then the island falling, only to wake up and find that's exactly what happened. And then in the rest of that story, we find out that, yeah, Eggman uh, uh, was looking through his databases, found one on Chaos, found out that uh, uh, where it is, it's in the Mystic Ruins, which is also in Mysterious Cat Country. Oh, well, we'll get to that. We'll get there. Um, and so he... he goes and digs up the a black emerald shatters it chaos and and uh, uh we'll find out later to call come out of it only to find that he also needs um i think this is where he says power emeralds yeah which okay we'll, we'll just get it out of the way here they absolutely cannot decide whether chaos needs shards of the master emerald slash the the floating islands chaos emerald super emeralds chaos emeralds in general and i mean it's just a side effect of of archie like did not know what to do with the chaos emeralds until they were forced to make this adaption so this is the one time i'm gonna bring it up just know it does not stay consistent but so yeah he goes and shatters the the floating islands chaos emerald uh, the shards get flung out everywhere, and uh, he he goes trying to uh, to find those there. Um, think Knuckles. Can I just say though, 
Um, there is something, and I'm sure this has been pointed out before, there's something very funny about Eggman discovering the floating island, finding all these echidnas there, completely wrecking their sh- and then just going away. It's like, oh, look at all this story. Anyway, bye. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it, it is hilarious because then Knuckles goes like to, to his dad and the Guardians and is basically like, what happened? And they're like... Oh well, he just broke through our defenses, and I'm like, it, it is so like unintentionally funny that these these stupid old racist echidnas who have like all of this technology that they've hold on to, and like sat on their high horse about being better than the rest <laughs> of civilization, and Doctor Eggman just comes and pushes their sh- in. We, God, say, it's we so keep funny. ourselves away from the events of those below. We find ourselves not involved in the the petty squabbles of those against Robotnik. I Robotnik. I I'm here. Oh, shit, I wasn't prepared for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, motherfuckers? Uh, all of all of Knuckles's relatives are like intentionally been isolationist. Like, never did anything about the original Robotnik because oh, it's just we don't involve ourselves in that. And oh, it's so oh, it's so bad. Mm. Knuckles flies off. Uh, I think to yes, he he is now looking for the shards of the 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 Master Emerald, just like he was before um meanwhile the chaotics are checking out the new uh landmass that the um you know that the island fell down before and get caught by a bunch of giant cat people also big is here um yeah he is. his little backup story uh froggy uh jumps down and slurps up a piece of chaos all with a <laughs> Just a very weird internal monologue. Like, I didn't need to know Froggy's inner thoughts. Like, (laughs) especially when he's kind of a jerk. Seems like he doesn't like Big much. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just a little sad. (laughs) Respect for my boy Big. I know. (laughs) Big is not... He's... Okay, I, we've talked about this before where modern Big seems to have found, especially in English, like a great balance between being laid back but not sounding stupid anymore, <laughs> to, to put it undelicately. <laughs> yeah, and, and having to read this, this Ken Pender's written Big dialogue in his Sonic Adventure 1 voice is just hurting my brain. But no. all that happens is, you know, Froggy... Gr- swallows chaos grows the tail immediately gets kidnapped by gamma and big goes pursuing after him i just love that image of big with the clenched human fist like, <laughs> nobody takes my buddy if they know what's good for them i'm gonna f-ing kill them <laughs> <laughs> big big having his john wick origin moment <laughs> the, the duke nukem is finally yeah. over and yeah. uh, <laughs> I have served. I will be of service. Um, <laughs> I'm here to chew bubble gum and save Froggy, and I'm all out of gum. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I also want to say, like in in the story where the chaotics get caught by uh, by the Cat Country people, I f- I know this is early ish Archie, but still, I feel like they did my boy SBO wrong because like they only they got the only ninja. Yeah. <laughs> well, he wasn't a ninja at this point, so uh, okay, again, okay. it's like the tails thing. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was very much like the chaotics did not have. Mm, I was trying to skip over it, but I can't help it. Um, the chaotics <laughs> did not have their modern personalities established, which is why 
Oh, which is why Vector talks like that. Um, <laughs> my most my most generous generous interpretation is Ken Penders was trying to make him sound like, you know, like Will Smith on The Fresh Prince, and not yeah. like just a nakedly like racist stereotype. <laughs> But it's terrible. He only, uh, I think we are past the worst. The The worst of Pender's Vector is in the Knuckles comic, which I think has been canceled by this point. <laughs> so uh, meanwhile, back in Station Square, um, <laughs> the cops show up and want to arrest all of the furries um, until the chief of police recognizes Nate Morgan as his buddy. And so then they get the grand tour from... Oh boy, the mayor who, you know, I forgot that 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 a lot of Archie comics was based in New York. So here we have a pre-9-11 Rudy Giuliani parody. I thought so. Mayor (laughs) Bolliani, yeah. Bolliani. Oh boy. Which man, talk about hindsight. Considering how often he's drawn with like the angry glare, I was genuinely convinced that he was going to turn out to be a villain, and I'm shocked it didn't happen. (laughs) Yeah, I just think that's how they draw him. Uh, It's not his fault. He's just drawn that way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, I think this is where. And the the mayor basically says like, "Oh, we're not worried about Doctor Eggman. He sounds like a punk." And they're like, "Well." okay, uh, whatever you say. And then like basically gives the, the freedom fighters like carte blanche to, you know, sets him up in the, the Emerald coast hotel. And this is also where we get Sonic playing guitar by the pool with a bunch of street fighter ladies. Yeah. Who are- well, the the virtual fighter cast. <laughs> okay. So where is this place? This Sonic on the Sonic horny scale? Cause, uh, we still need to establish. That. This is, uh, yeah, this well, is he did, definitely up there. He did immediately abandon his mission to uh, abandon his mission to play guitar for some hot babes so i'd say it's probably a seven out of ten. Oh, i would yep, abandon yep. my mission to play guitar for hot babes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> argument. Uh, i would put it below adventures but uh let's say above set i am yeah uh, probably above like game sonic Oh, I think this is also where, because the Freedom Fighters have kind of, you know, gone their separate ways to do research and just hang out, this is where Amy's uh, uh, story starts, um, where she runs into Birdie, um, and so we get that. Uh, some also, like, suspiciously replaced dialogue to better match the the, the game. Um, and then she immediately gets kidnapped by several Zero robots, and yeah. that's it for now. Bye, Amy. Um, uh, Amy grows a <laughs> uh, prominent chest for this, which is very uncomfortable considering uh, yeah. what we know about this version of Amy. Yeah. This is this is Chris Allen, which I don't like how he draws Sonic characters. I like how dynamic his art is. Like his his ex- his expressions and gestures are very good, but he is obviously. Oh boy, and we're getting to Ron Lim, but obviously someone who was used to drawing humans in superhero comics, I believe, and mm. was basically just putting Sonic characters' heads on people bodies. So yes, no no <laughs> reason to draw Amy that ample. <laughs> oh dude, yeah, she was looking I don't know, like a mascot character She's in a pretty park. stacked. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and also, like, this is where Amy's hammer actually shows up, but it just yeah, shows she just up. Kind of She's like, how the f*** did I do that? 
it's just acknowledging Hammerspace, I guess. So why make it part of the story? But was that? I mean, what is the is the the logic like? Oh, like that would have happened. Okay, you know what? Never mind. I'm not going to even go down that uh, path of saying like when she grew up, it would have happened naturally. Jesus Christ. <laughs> You know, that special time in a woman's life when you're a giant. <laughs> she makes, makes a wish on the magic acorn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Good old puberty hammer. <laughs> so uh, this is also where Knuckles and Eggman are both looking for shards of the emerald or super emeralds, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, Tikal appears in front of uh, Knuckles. And uh, no, she doesn't. That's not Tikal. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is not Tikal. Um, for one horrifying panel, she looks like a generic Ken Penders designed echidna, but they do fix it almost right away. Kind of. <laughs> They, 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 for a moment, she looks like one of the tribal warriors, and then she turns into a regular Tikal, but then she grows up again and she looks like one of those Julie Sue-like characters. I uh. mean, she looks like Knuckles' mother, which is... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh. Uh, I don't remember her name. Laura Lee or... No, Karen. I don't even remember. Yeah, it uh, could be. It has to be hyphenated, so it would be like... <laughs> Karen blah or some whatever. Karen manager complainer. Anyway, and she gives Knuckles like a kind of the a, a similar to the game's backstory, although she does mention that Chaos specifically was a mutated Chow, which hey, good on Archie for getting that right for the most yeah. part. Like yeah. I, yeah. I think that was something that is uh was not known for a fact in the games until much later. Uh, it's a shame it's a that in one yeah, panel, know that? he looks like... It's a shame in one panel he looks like an echidna, uh, which feels like the most Ken Pendus-ass thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> this ancient god is also an echidna. <laughs> but for for the most part, the, the backstory she gives is like, yes, they lived in peace, the, the Chow were there with the Emerald Shrine, and then the, the Knuckles clan, uh, you know, tried to take it, and oh, they were destroyed. This is where Knuckles' dad goes to the cat country to, to try and uh, rescue the Chaotix, and we get more of the backstory of how there was a group of echidnas who broke off of the ones on the floating island to go explore the world. I think the word he's looking for is colonized because that's exactly <laughs> what they did to the 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 native cat uh the, the the cat people is that they busted up in their land and started killing them to try and settle in the mystic ruins except Locke is basically acting like it was all their fault and I mean we don't have to, we don't have time to go over how <laughs> that is but it Definitely suits Knuckles' douchebag dad. Yeah. Mm. He says he came to finish the fight that they started. No, they were defending themselves again. Anyway. We literally <laughs> saw in the backstory that they did. Oh, but also, like, aside from like the obvious terrible, terrible implications of all of this, there's also the fact that this is Ken Penders having to be like, oh, now they've given an actual backstory for the echidnas, but I want to make it work with my cooler echidnas that are science people. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of like the cat folk uh, because it does, you know, then you're like, oh, I guess, B you know, that's who Big is too. Um, and they do show up later in much better stories written by other writers. However, right now they are literally... 
I mean, there's no word for it except they are portrayed as savages. Like, they make jokes about eating their young when they get out of line, and, like, only the queen, like, has irises. Like, all of the other cats kind of just have, like, scary blank eyes. Like, they're, you know, wow, are they they even intelligent enough to talk? And it's, I mean, it's just dumb bullshit. Also worth noting, by the way, the, as, as I understand it, the mysterious cat country was always going to be in this before Sonic Adventure was a thing. It just so happened that there was a cat character coming up, and Ken managed to write that in. So, like, this is this isn't even Ken being clever. Like, oh, I'm going to give an expansion as to what who Big is and where the Mystic Ruins come from. No, no, he's just making this work with his story, his vision. <laughs> just a coincidence. Yeah, I've got a question, and like, maybe this is because I just read both of these issues. Uh, uh, so close together, but um, I, I, that cat queen woman was she not in the UK version as well? That's a different cat. <laughs> they, they look exactly wow, the same. Wow, they fang. look exactly. You see exactly two female cats, and you're like, yeah, oh, the same I do. character. I do. I see a female cat with like in a big fucking robe with uh, with sexy bedroom eyes, and I'm like, yeah, it's the same cat. <laughs> We're bad enough the echidnas, like, colonize these people. You can't even tell them apart. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, uh, this yeah. is also where it, we, we get to a, uh, which I'm convinced, you know, Mr. Mr. Jeff Fowler, the director, producer of the live-action Sonic movies, might have read this comic <laughs> because... This this intro page, which is supposed to be Sonic's intro from the game, uh, with some added dialogue. Really, I, I gotta tell you, for as silly as "Oh yeah, this is happening" is, it sure beats the hell out of suffering souls. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that that kind of gets to like my big problem with this issue, with this like sto- whole storyline, is that they are so. They're trying to be faithful to a fault, even when it doesn't work and it's just kind of hokey. Like, you know, we're looking at this intro, like kind of the recreation of Sonic's first cutscene, the Chaos Zero boss fight. And they are trying to squeeze in as much game dialogue as possible. But yep. when you put it next to, you know, the rest of the script, it just feels like two completely disparate takes almost and it just feels really forced like they're trying to so heavily tie it in with the game that it just never comes off as being natural like well it comes across like they have to i think you know it's almost like they're forced to do this i look at the last page after chaos goes into the drain and sonic's like hey i'll I'll play play with you some some other time." time some police officer comes in not bad hedgehog yeah, yeah, not, not bad. bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was going to so point out. Forced. I kind of love that. <laughs> it is super forced. I love that one specifically. All the other ones are so forced. And so is this one. But I love the fact that they incorporated Sonic's end of level line. But yeah, having some cop going, yeah, not bad, Hedgehog. Yeah, yeah not, not bad. bad. <laughs> <laughs> so they incorporated both of his, like his end of boss line and his ranking line. Like, Yes. It's a little it's a little much. I do agree, but also it's nice to have some really cool Sonic stuff here that's from the games for once. You know? Yes. <laughs> and all of this yes. archie bullshit up to now and it's like here's just 
the Sonic Adventure Battle, the first Sonic Adventure Battle, presented almost verbatim. It's so <laughs> out of place, but for once I'm like, oh, it's a Sonic comic I want to read. <laughs> it's weird. They've even got Eggman standing overhead. Oh, really? You know nothing, fool. You may have won the first battle, but the war has only just begun. For you face Chaos, the god of destruction. Ha 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 I do think it's interesting, and we'll see this a few other times. Uh, the the opening story for this one, uh, breakdowns are credited to uh, Spaziente and um, James Fry. You can see those spaz moments here. Like, they're, they're very distinct. Yeah, you you can tell uh, just because the the layouts in the story are very dynamic, and again, Fry Fry's pencils aren't bad. Um, I think some of this might be uh, Ribeiro uh, as well, but yes, you can tell like that pose of a, a a Sonic looks more like a Spaziente, very dynamic, and like yeah. he was the guy with the game that was like <laughs> doing research for them. Uh, this is also the issue that we get a Gamma backup story. Yeah. Oh, that's true. It's bad. It's just kind of like, it's very truncated. Okay, the biggest problem, I don't have a problem with the fact they're doing this weird, like, second person thing with Gamma, yeah. um, where they are, like, narrating his thought process. It completely, almost completely skips over his interaction with Amy Rose, which is the entire point of his story, and Amy's as well. Like, mm-hmm. it, it establishes that Amy is very empathetic and causes Gamma to, like, question why he is following Eggman's orders when they are... It is leading to people getting hurt, and they they literally skip over it. It man, it sucks. Like it it's there, and they try, but I feel like it needed at least another page or two. Yeah, uh, you, you you can yeah. infer that it's happening if you've played the game, but yeah. that I mean that this story is specifically meant to like for people to you know to advertise the game to people. So I don't know why you would skip over that. And like it, it was such a good story arc in the game. Like genuinely as a child I played that and I was like it's <laughs> the sweetest thing I've ever read. <laughs> so like I feel like that could have been like a really cool moment in the comics, but it's barely here. Yeah. Like barely any of that cool story that we all remember like being emotional and really deep for a Sonic story at the time. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much gone. The, yeah. one, the one thing I will say to its benefit is they never actually showed Gamma like finishing up his arc, which, you know, not great, but it does lead to good things down the line when Ian takes over and takes yeah. like grabs at that thread and we get you know, the Gamma into Omega transition, which was actually really cool. Yeah, Ian yeah. Flynn was like, oh, that toy's still in the box. Well, then. <laughs> play play. Play. <laughs> I'll play with you some other time. Now. <laughs> yeah. In the in the 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 Sonic Adventure uh, uh, Super Special, which has the majority of like the rest of the game story, they do just. God, I don't even think it's on page. I think it's in the letters section where it's like, and if you want the rest of Gamma's story, play the game. And then even that, like you said, even that turns out not to be true because nope. yes, like Ian Flynn decided to like, what if I actually did something with this character? If it's not on panel, it doesn't count. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, that brings us to what if it's off panel? Well, then it's not funny. That's what it is. 
Uh, so the, the, the other thing that happened off, uh, uh, not off screen, but is that chaos got his tail back from froggy, you know, fully restoring him ready to gobble up emerald shards to become a horrible monster. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Basically all that happens in the giant 48 page super special is like the rest of the game. Uh, weirdly enough, Sally and Nate Morgan go to the uh, Station Square library and check out a history book that gives another separate backstory for Chaos and the Chow yeah. and all that. Um, to where it says the that the the Chow worshipped Chaos, even though like to call already said, but he was a Chow too, and also that the Chow transformed into the seven super emeralds that Chaos absorbed to destroy you know the Knuckles clan, and I, it just seems like we didn't need that page at all. We already got the backstory. Just a lot of stuff. Sonic and Tails and Knuckles meet up and fight uh, Chaos. Here we get, like, some game boss fights. Lots of people talking about Emerald Shards and Super Emeralds, like they're the same thing. Yada, yada, yada. Very confusing. We end up on the Egg Carrier. Um, there's two very, uh, there's a sus- two suspicious panels um, that <laughs> where uh, Spaz has penciled the tornado instead of Ron Lim. Hey, Ron Lim's here. His art is not good. so basically what we're looking at here like we could describe the story in detail but it's just the the, like the near the end part of sonic adventure yeah abridged imagine that abridging sonic adventure Um, Uh, yeah no it's aside from like those intro pages kind of setting up what the other freedom fighters are doing this is basically just everything from the chaos four boss fight up through the chaos six boss fight just yeah pretty much direct without any changes the well the most interesting change in the chaos six fight is that knuckles gets frozen and chaos tries to slowly vore him to death (laughs) (laughs) a a bold choice a bold choice (coughs) what i was looking for <laughs> Speaking of that fight, uh, I I do want to like you know we we poo poo on the art a lot in this particular saga of Sonic, but I actually I really genuinely like the it, it, just like the the rough way that Knuckles looks when he's being sucked upon by by chaos. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, think, that's uh, the thing that stood out for you, wasn't Jake? Yeah. You, mm, mm, you don't. You don't. You don't think that led to some, some decisions down the line? <laughs> Being shocked upon. <laughs> no. I, as much as I do, like I rightfully on Ron Lim's art, it does occasionally like shine through. Like, like he's a very good technical artist. He was just not meant to draw Sonic furries, um, <laughs> and that's not even his fault. Uh, again, I, I'm laying this at the feet of the editor who was like yeah sure dude that's good enough for our dumb licensed book for idiot children yeah um because <laughs> um you know the rest of it's not bad like like the the chaos doesn't look too bad like the the backgrounds don't and you know the the coloring and inking is also really solid as well it's just yeah after the the first few issues like with fry and some spaz art and even steven butler like steven butler is not at his best yet 
Um, but still just like fits the Sonic Adventure style so much better than than Ron Lim and, and some of the other artists. But yeah, it ends right after the Chaos 6 fight. Uh, they jump off the egg carrier. Big steals the tornado just like in the game, which still has a super emerald in it. We we were reminded several times. God, Big is such a badass. Oh, yeah. I no, know. Sure, sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just like, well, you know, those two people are on there, but, you know, he can... He's taking care of himself and his friend. He does. He has no time for these other characters. <laughs> Chad. We, <laughs> we we see him rescue Froggy, and he's just pieces out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it does seem at least by this time that they they had they were not making last minute edits. There aren't a lot of dialogue replacements. But again, this whole special is full of like, oh, that's a line from the game. It sure is some tonal dissonance. <laughs> Man, oh, it's it's such a shame because uh, maybe I'm the only one that feels this way. But oh god, I love the egg carrier map so much. I wish yes, that there had been. Yeah. It's so good. I wish that they had like because like when they showed like the Station Square lobby in the hotel in the comics, I was like, oh, this is nice. This is this is a really they did a really good job doing that. And like I was, I was looking forward to seeing like you know the egg carrier because like you get the room with like the the, the maid robots, you got the pool, and then just <laughs> last year I discovered only last year that if you go into Eggman's private quarters, you push a button and he's got a fucking pull out bed, and that oh, blew yeah. my fucking <laughs> mind. And I'm like, please, please have it in the comic. Please show me Eggman's pull out bed. That would be such a funny gag. And they they just were really rushing through it, and it's a shame. Yeah, we we barely get to see the the egg carrier in all its glory. And even more disappointingly, like this version, Eggman literally says like, and my egg carrier has a giant drill that will burrow through the mountaintop so I can get to Station Square. And then we don't get to see it do anything with the drill. Like we get a little bit of it like right (laughs) at the end. That's about it. Yes. That's the egg carrier too. (laughs) Yeah, I was about to say we do get the egg carrier too. again, just like the game shows up for like two panels and gets blasted like (laughs) god that is so funny like the game in this like the one thing to keep just like the game and it was that and i I at least gotta give him props um knuckles as as collected most of the the shards of the island's chaos emerald uh going through the mystic ruins he finds the unconscious robotnik and i mean we are like basically just playing out the 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 last story from the game all the way up into like realizing the super emerald was in the tornado oh and then just not spoken about until this issue the the mayor of station square reveals that all of station square's like power grid is powered conveniently by six completely separate unrelated super emeralds and funny how that works <sighs> yeah since since chaos has now taken the one emerald from the tornado it now drips down into the station square container for the emeralds and we've got perfect chaos happening i mean it's some pretty cool illustrations of it's just that cutscene from Sonic Adventure. Well, open um, your heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, I give them props. Like, it real like, the comic does a good job of conveying, like, the scale on which this is happening. Just yeah. Yes. All of the urban destruction and everything. Like, it, it feels like it is a significant event and not just, you know, something they're kind of glossing over. 
And again, this is some really, really solid pencils from Stephen Butler. Um, you know, even though all of his his lady characters are breasting boobily through everywhere. <laughs> yes, they do. Because I loved that. Um, As a kid, oh my God. Inspiring. <laughs> we need to account for all the people who are like forever changed by these things growing up. Sure, maybe they don't look very tasteful now, but think of poor little Fang here. Like <laughs> being influenced by these these boobies. I drew so many any Sonic characters with boobies. As as is your prerogative, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they gave us Rouge the Bat and things like, and you know, oh it's going to happen. Oh my god! Don't get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I, you know, I always end up defending Stephen Butler because his art gets a lot better later. But, you know, he does at least, he makes the, the boy characters, like, tall, too, like the girls. It's just, you know, not, Antoine and Sonic don't have, like, visible collarbones like Sally and Bunny do. <laughs> so, yeah. It's... Or, like, vagina bones. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and... <laughs> we need a moment to recover from that one. <laughs> Was that okay? The image of a muscular Sonic with better lines. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! This is what early art does to us. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, Sonic's got the V. Yeah, they're just like they're just like guitar picks with legs. <laughs> yeah. You know how Knuckles' tail, <laughs> Knuckles' tail got like uh, real big in Sonic Adventure. Uh, artists sure did not know how to draw that without oh, making it look like say. he is hanging schlong, man. <laughs> You're not wrong. All right, we talked about the egg carry. Okay, so yeah, like we said, this is this is all last story. Like like perfect chaos is here. To call appears, gives Sonic a vision now of a third separate, completely contradictory backstory for chaos that he was. A sentient, peaceful river spirit? Like, come on, man. Like, you gotta pick one. You can't... (sighs) Yeah, but look at that little guy. He looks so happy. (laughs) Such a weird drawing. He looks like the Kool-Aid man. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I wrote that down as a note. Kool-Aid man face. (laughs) Oh, Oh, jeez. Oh, I'm water. Oh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which, 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 that's another thing is, is they also have been spelling to call's name wrong with a C instead of a K, which, God, at this point, like, it's the least of our problems. (laughs) Yeah, she's got shoes. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Instead of I those like shoes. stylish sandals she's supposed to wear. She's just got pink Sonic shoes yeah, because, true. again, I'm sure they just couldn't figure out what they were supposed to look like. They drew, they drew knuckle sh- uh, feet that one time and they said, okay, we're good for another like 10 issues. <laughs> <laughs> this is also so weird because T'Kal is almost saying verbatim like all her dialogue from the last story saying like, oh, chaos has absorbed um, the Emerald's power. Uh, he must be sealed back in the Master Emerald, which he, he wasn't in the Master Emerald to begin yeah. with. It was that black emerald that they were both in. Um, Sonic interjects, you know, with his his big character moment saying like, well, that's not going to change how he feels inside, will it? You know, I'm not just going to kill him or seal him away. That's not fair. Yeah, the um, cycle of violence cannot continue. That's like the main theme of Sonic Adventure is like the, you know, not not perpetuating all of this, this uh, destruction over and over. Yeah. So uh, keep that in mind. Yeah, keep that in mind. Uh, T'Kal does some cool, like, Doctor Strange shit and sucks the emeralds yeah. out of chaos yeah. so Sonic can strike a 
kick-ass pinup pose is supersonic yep. like th- this was also the the you know the debut of the adventure version of supersonic in these comics and ah, he looks he pretty looks cool, cool. Yeah. yeah i like th- i like those those like dark inked highlights and yeah supersonic looks cool yeah. you know we'll, we'll we'll give it that and you know he starts uh trading blows with perfect chaos but you know we'll, we will have to wait until the final issue for the conclusion to this fight yeah i can't wait um, i can't wait till this final issue when supersonic is the one who has the most emphasis on stopping chaos because it's clearly his story Oh, let's see. Let's see. The majority of these these first stories have been written by Carl Ballers. Um, the, the the backups have been by you know Ken Penders and whatnot. And then Ken comes in on the last issue of the adaption, eighty four, as the main writer. All right, I'm sick of this shit. <laughs> Enough of this game stuff. Hey, Luke, I heard that you specifically were tired of us adapting the game perfectly. Don't worry, I got your back, fam. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> yeah i'll just i'll just say it like ken completely fucks it up because um uh, first of all instead of opening with the supersonic fight that we all wish we opened with Locke knuckles's racist dad stripping fighting that yes taking off his clothes <laughs> to fight again as we've firmly established the persecuted native people of the mystic ruins um, and yeah, he just, of course, Knuckles' his dad, who just looks just like him, except with a goatee and blue boots, yeah, beats the shit out of this guy and is like, well, I beat him and I'm smarter than you because, oh, anyway. <laughs> I'm I'm so so tired of that. But yeah, then we get back to the perfect chaos fight, and Sonic has completely changed his motivations. He is now violent and wants to see perfect chaos destroyed forever because he has to be a big dumb superhero now <laughs> instead of a a nuanced uh you know angsty teen hedgehog. I wanted to solve this peacefully, but then you hit me. <laughs> I guess <laughs> really, yeah. The cycle of violence can continue. <laughs> Oh, you! Oh, screw you! Just like me. Um, I do. I do want to call out like like the Sonic X version of this. I do like we we get some splash pages of the Freedom Fighters like rescuing Station Square citizens just to, you know, just to show like our heroes in action and also that like yeah, not everyone died. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) because that's always something that's been missing from it, and understandably so. There are limitations. Yeah, from the game. (laughs) Yeah, the game. It's like you know they cut from the 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 poor people cowering as the uh the 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 sewer grates explode out and then just empty streets and you know you could always say like well someone had to be chanting sonic's name when he was transforming and i guess that was the the handful of survivors stuff happened off screen otherwise when you're fighting that final battle against perfect chaos you're like skimming through the 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 floating corpses atop the wall yes I mean, that's been the joke forever is Tails is all's well that ends well, right? You know, oh, destroyed, my God. Devastated. Yeah. Millions dead. The city is just <laughs> fucking obliterated and there's not a human in sight. Uh, just as it should be. If if we ever do get like a a proper remake of Sonic Adventure, that they they would probably add that in, like oh, and, you know, gun is evacuating or et cetera, et cetera. We all have the Willy Wonka elevator. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> And everyone was fine. Except for Antoine, who gets literally absolutely rocked in one of these panels. 
Yeah, see, I'm I'm sorry that you know, we're almost done here, but yeah, here's a, a dialogue verbatim from Supersonic. To call may not want to see you hurt, bub, but if it's a matter of my dead carcass or yours, here's a clue. It ain't me that's going down. Which, ooh, it's come on, Ken. You had you had one job, did you? Okay, I know the answer to this. Did you even read Carl's script no. from no. the last issues? No, no, you said you didn't. <laughs> but Ooh, we know that oh. we know for a fact that he did not he chooses not to read the works of other people that are working on the same comic as him good old yeah. kennethy <laughs> kennethy pendethy yeah. uh, so anyway to the real hero of this story is knuckles because he dives in the water <sighs> to to re-hook up the station square power plant which should shock slash drain the energy from perfect chaos uh he summons some uh here from this point unknown like emerald power he gets shiny emerald eyes and you know does the he does the spider-man yeah. you know bench press the big building oh, yeah. thing <laughs> perfect chaos gets drained uh he he reverts back to regular chaos along with the chow um i guess the the emeralds that station square had were the the ancient chow that transformed oh god Ooh, it doesn't make any sense. And Tikal says, and now we're returning back to the zone where we belong. I have to go. My planet needs me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that, that means nothing. Um, my my favorite thing is, is Sonic says, after all that, it's over. Doesn't seem right somehow. And Knuckles says, what do you care? I'm like, fuck you, Knuckles. <laughs> Damn. Well, Knuckles, hey, Knuckles won. The, like, Knuckles is the ultimate hero here, not Supersonic, because you know it had to be. So why does he? He's just like, yeah, whatever, Sonic. Uh, I'm the one who solved this all on my own. Who cares that you're super? They're now one less headache to worry about. Like, oh, my jeez, oh, What a... <laughs> Really, it's I blame your father, Knuckles. <laughs> both both Ken Penders and Locke. <laughs> You're two bad dads. So yeah, that's it. Knuckles is you know he's he's takes his uh bag of of Chaos Emerald shards and says goodbye to the Freedom Fighters. Is that they... what that is? I thought he had like a cape or something. But yeah, no, it's oh, it it's like a, a sack he's been carrying the Master Emerald Shards in. I thought it was like his comfort blankie or something. <laughs> oh, he's had a big day. Because I think a few issues ago, we get like four panels of him slipping some shards in his gloves. Yeah. And he's like, oh, pretty snug, but it'll work. And I'm like, why? Why? Know, yeah. Like, why? Why did you have to establish how he's been carrying these things around? Oh, it's wow. Oh. oh man, I'm getting loopy. <laughs> but this ends on Knuckles. Like the focus here is on Knuckles, and this is the Knuckles story, and just in case you didn't know that, Knuckles is up next. <laughs> yeah. And also this one is this is the only story uh penciled by Ken Penders, like you didn't know, turning to this page and your heart sinks seeing this art. <laughs> Uh, but the you know Knuckles and his his granddads decide to put the the Master Emerald uh, back together on the original Emerald Shrine, which is the one from the game, uh, because apparently it um, you know it it taps into the the Emerald's power more efficiently or whatever. But yeah, we 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 end with with Knuckles reuniting with the Chaotix who were saved from the horrible you know native savages of Mystic Ruins by Knuckles's dad and. Knuckles 
Knuckles' dad reveals like, oh yeah, you're named after the ancient, uh, the, the violent colonizing tribe of uh, <laughs> echidnas um, that basically caused all this pro- <laughs> this problem by trying to steal the, the emerald power from chaos, which is just real great dad. Yeah, basically, you know, it's like, okay, in Forrest Gump, it's revealed that his mother named him after the founder of the f- Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> what? Um, just not, just like that. that. Yeah, that part of Forrest Gump. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is it? Beauregard Forrest? Yeah, yeah. A, a Civil War veteran who would go on to found the Klan. It just stuck in my mind that, yeah, yeah, thanks, Knuckles' is dead. You named me after those guys. <laughs> this is, like, more literally, this would be like me finding out that my real name, Chris, was because I was named after Christopher Columbus. I was just thinking that. I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, no. yeah. Like, specifically. And, like, like... <laughs> Not even that, like Knuckles' dad knew all about this, like not just like a, you know, a whitewash, like, oh, they were the Echidna tribe that set off to explore the worlds. Like, no, he knew he knew about all this and just was like, didn't think it was, you know, germane to share with Knuckles until this adaption, which <laughs> and Knuckles we is know just why. like, whoa, cool. And he's like, yeah, until at least I didn't pull your name out of a hat. I wish you f- did, mate. That would have been a lot better for Knuckles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, again, like you said, this is just Ken Penders, like, trying to make, like, the fact that Knuckles is not named, like, Funko or whatever, like, all the other, <laughs> Dimitri, Locke, God, what are all the other Echidna grandpas? He has a Sonic character name and not a weird, fake Star Trek Sonic character <laughs> name. Yeah. I mean, one of them's literally called Thunderhawk, so. So, it's stealing a Street Fighter name, then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, more appropriation of natives. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's the Archie Sonic comic adaption. Like, uh, things that would stick around after this are, are you know, they, they would focus more on the Super Emeralds than the, the, the mini Chaos Emeralds. And, you know, Amy obviously stuck around. She did become, like, a, a more prominent player in uh, uh, Freedom Fighter missions. Um, I remember a couple of stories where she's she gets to be pretty cool. Like, um, God, I can't remember exactly. It was a it was a pre Ian story, but like they walk in on her like she is like meditating with her hammer, like getting <laughs> ready to <laughs> getting ready to like kick some ass. And I met, remember thinking like, yeah, that's cool. And oh, but yeah, like what else is there to say that we haven't covered that it's just a mess it is absolutely i have many things to say actually (laughs) Um, everyone else talk first i think it is telling that they would not do like a full direct adaptation of another game after this yeah that's true like sonic adventure they just like set it up and they're like okay play the game because yeah a lot less asshole that way yeah, the the Sonic Adventure two one. It's it's it might as well be like a one shot, um, and, and it basically is because it is just like a little bit of introduction to it's it's the cool city escape part. Here's Shadow the Hedgehog, and then I think it literally ends with and now go play the rest of the game, and then like months later, Shadow shows back up because everybody loves Shadow. Damn, that <laughs> sucks. That sucks because I love two so much. Oh my god, I cool. get it, but can you imagine what it would have been like after? To reading this one like that too uh, I, think do- I think we dodged a bullet you know unlike marie robotnik <laughs> trying to try- <laughs> did oh. we dodge a bullet because like even if it's bad it's so entertaining just imagine i i i enjoyed reading both the archie in the uk uh 
takes on the Sonic Adventure game. It's 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 a mess, but it's a mess you can't look away from. <laughs> <laughs> oh I, I think that is my thoughts on the the Archie adaption as well. It is incredibly messy. It it is like a lot of revisiting Archie. Like I always keep in mind like how good it eventually becomes like when 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 Ian and other writers take over and um, don't throw any of this out. Like keep for until the until the soft reboots. Keep all of this continuity, like for better and worse, and and build upon it. And oh, but yeah, but it doesn't this, affect this things is... in the grander scheme. Like right away, they kind of do just like rush. They they kind of like okay, that's it. Back to our stuff a little bit. Like there there are definitely implications, but it's nowhere near as like earth shattering as you think it would be for like sonic adventure you know coming into and i i do have distinct memories of following this arc as a as a child when they came out in in the two in the year 2000 and it confusing me because i had played the game by then and just could not understand why it was so confusing especially the thing with the emeralds like i knew how the emeralds worked in archie sonic and so them trying to basically have it both ways with like, oh, we'll just use the super emeralds, but then can't keep those straight either. Oh, boy, man. I <laughs> even little kid me definitely ignored a lot of and didn't pick up on a lot of problems in Archie. But this was one where I was like, OK, I don't like this. And <laughs> I also remember being pretty disappointed with a lot of the art as well back then. Like, you know, for as much as like kid me was just like oh, that looks weird, and not necessarily having, like, the vocabulary to say why it was bad. Yeah. Just, you know. I, you know, <laughs> I, I actually found like it, it really inspiring when I was a kid because, like, sometimes, like, sometimes I really liked the, like, overly anime look of everything. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, they like it. I like anime. This is great. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm in the right place. And also, like, sometimes it would get, like, really weird, really wonky, really bad, but I would just love it because it'd be like, holy shit, dude. If these guys can get a job in the comic industry, right. <laughs> oh, yes. I can get a job in the comic I'm industry. In <laughs> I will. Okay, I will say I do remember specifically copying the inking style from the two covers that um, Monty Galan did uh, with the really, or like the characters are basically half like uh, uh, harsh shaded, like with black ink. Mm. I remember literally going through multiple pens drawing like that version. Of Sonic and trying to copy that inking style for like a couple of years, just drawing like my own Sonic pictures. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird that that stuck out to me. I guess I just thought that was really cool. That like, oh yeah, the the lines are so thick and dark and the, <laughs> the shadows and whatever. <laughs> Dude, um, th- this uh, I'll never forget this. It's actually thanks to the Sonic Archie comics. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to use this word again, but it, that I learned how to draw vagina bones. <laughs> 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 and like, you know, the, the little bit of bone that like kind of sticks out from your hip, like, and, and, and like, oh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. like I learned, I learned how to draw really good, like, uh, hips and stuff and legs from uh, the Sonic Archie comics. So there you yeah. Go. Yeah. I owe them I that. Only during this era would you learn that because later on, everybody's back to noodle. Yeah. Noodle limbs <laughs> yes. I do. I think I've specifically. Oh gosh, I can't remember. Was it? Yes, it was pre this adaption. I think I've mentioned specifically the the Stephen Butler story where like the the characters go to like a I think it's a juice bar, you know, no booze. Mm-hmm. But there is a the proprietors are a deer couple, and yeah, the. <laughs> 
the 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 uh, proprietor's wife is just a a stacked lady deer with like you said prominent hips and whatnot and it is like just yeah okay sure <laughs> you can criticize it but just think of like all the people who like i said like this is formative for a lot of people should it have been maybe not but you know <laughs> i am mostly i guess talking around my embarrassment like oh. i'm not being prudish as far as like you know the characters can't be shapely i'm just remember yes i think mostly i am probably recalling my thoughts as like a young kid being like oh that that character's pretty uh. <laughs> <laughs> compared to like the you know like the cartoon version of sally at jesus yes wow <laughs> we just got a couple of panels shown here Fang just posting in the that is peak butler sally yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. which is and it was great because like she's practically naked and i'm like all right i think i've got a whole handle on this anatomy thing now boys <laughs> yes <laughs> As as problematic as the story where she she strips naked and gets into the source of all in that one all girls super special, like I also remember being like, well, this is just nice. <laughs> That's nifty. And I will say, I I actually really liked when her hair was super long in this. Yeah, it's, it's very just, pretty actually. Oh yeah, she's going all Jessica Rabbit on it. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Or even like, I mean, the way it's drawn here specifically is she looks like, you know, the Little Mermaid underwater, the way it's oh, yeah. flowing like, yeah. a, <laughs> like a L'Oreal commercial. <laughs> because she's worth it. <laughs> yep. Speaking of amazing oh, hair boy. stuff, I do want to mention, <laughs> I made a note uh, for issue 84 of the Archie Sonic uh, Adventure Adaption. Uh, we do have a scene where uh, when Knuckles is coming out of the water, he does the that amazing water hair flip that all the... Oh! <laughs> <laughs> You're not even wrong! <laughs> oh my god, I want to hey. see it. It's uh, page 13. It's page 13 on the scan and 17 oh. overall. Because he is worth it. <laughs> oh my! Oh, what product does she use? <laughs> It's Maybe. called Master Emerald. <laughs> Maybe she just has it. Maybe it's Master M. <laughs> I just want to get my, uh, like, it's unrelated to this lovely art discussion, but um, I just want to get my little thoughts out of regarding the Sonic Adventure adaptation yes. here. The, I've mentioned in the past that Archie at the time, like, back in the, more often than not, whenever they were presented with having to do game adaptations, they would treat this like, okay, this can be in its own little corner, and then we can go back to the things that we actually care about. And I feel like it's never been more prominent than right here, where they had to put Station Square in a mountain to be like, okay, this is where the Sonic Adventure storing, right in this mountain that's separate from everything else. And granted, they had to because they had no other place to put the Overlanders. But it's really funny to me that this whole story really sort of, sort of happened all the way over there in this other area, and then they had to, then they could just move on from it. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's unfortunate. I like that the the entrance to the Hidden City is also Sonic's Island from the Sonic OVA. Oh yeah, that, I mean that's that is just a cute little detail. Yeah, like I wonder cool. if that was that sounds like something, and I mean oh, that sounds like something that like somebody who had seen that a lot like i wonder if it wasn't patrick spaziente who was like just pitch that or, <laughs> uh, you know i not not putting words into people's mouths but that that is a cute little detail just for the hell of it much better than when they actually go to the sonic ova universe and god what is it issue 101 and again 
have Ron Lim draw that whole issue when you're supposed to be jumping between different Sonic continuities and they all look the same. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think it really, even though I now know all of the the troubled uh, uh, backstory of this adaption that, you know, Sega mandated it to use a very charged word when it comes to Sonic comics, um, but then gave them no resources. And even with all that and summoning all of the empathy of my heart, still being completely flabbergasted with how <laughs> how sweaty this adaption is. <laughs> well, it's not the only time we'll see like a like a compressed and weaker version of Sonic Adventure. I mean there's Sonic X is right there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, at least the cool thing with the Sonic X, X adaptions, both of them, is from what I understand, they actually went off of the original game s- scripts, so there True. is, like, some unused dialogue and scenes in there. And, um, like, Rouge tried to, like, seduce a woman cop. That's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're big fans of Rouge and Topaz yeah. on this show. Oh, hell yeah! <laughs> um, it is what it is. <laughs> All right, so that's the Archie adaptation of Sonic Adventure. We've talked about that in depth. Now let's see what happened on my side of the pond. We're talking about Sonic the Comic, uh, and this is this is a different case altogether. Now, what what was going on with Sonic Adventure's adaptation in America is they put it in there and they did the story and then they carried on. That's not the case for what's going on with STC. This is the final story arc in STC before it's all reprints. Because even at this point, STC, Sonic the Comic, is mostly reprints. It's like old stories just with one new Sonic story. And uh, they brought back like the old the old lead writer, Nigel Kitching, for this to do one final swan song. And it's the adaptation of Sonic Adventure. But you might be... <laughs> like, if you were to look at this and be like, how is this Sonic Adventure? I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I wouldn't be too surprised, because, uh, yeah. this, like, while <laughs> while Archie almost slavishly tries to recreate uh, the Sonic Adventure story uh, to the point of ridiculousness, this one's just like, well, I've got a few things from the game, let's barely adapt it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's interesting, because um, Sonic the Comic is often tends to be the more game-centric of the two. It often, like, uses lots of things from the games a bit more strictly than Archie did at this point. But, uh, this one, they... It's it's a bit different. Uh, so, let's just kick right into it. We start off with, uh... This is a... A follow-up to a previous world-conquering storyline with Robotnik, where he does some... He gets super powerful. I don't remember entirely all the details, but he's basically... But Robotnik, who is the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog-looking Robotnik, by the way, if you're not familiar with that, but he's evil, uh, is in a state of depression. There's Grimer. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, Fang, um, you're probably looking at this wondering who half of these people are. Yeah! Me too. <laughs> Who the hell is Porky? Porky Pig, Porker. Who's who's the rabbit? What? Why is everyone except for Sonic and Tails wearing clothes? So, uh, do you, so Fang, do you remember in Sonic One how you'd bust open the robots and the little capsules and the little animals would pop out? Yeah. So Johnny here is the rabbit from those capsules, and Porker is the pig from those capsules. Why is he so big? Why has he got a jean jacket and leather jacket and, 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 and converse? And... That was their decision. <laughs> that was an STC thing. They like being uh, no, they just 
That's not what those little animals looked like! No, it's true. They did originally look more like those little animals. They basically took the names from the, like, Western Sonic Bible, which we've done a whole-ass episode on, and uh, made little characters based on that. But yeah, at some point, they they became, like, humans with animal heads. I'm not sure why it happened, but it did. Uh, but basically these fill up like the freedom fighters because they have they have freedom fighters here too but they didn't have all the characters from Sat-EM so they just used like the little animals and made little characters based on that. God, it's really weird to have you dropped right in the end here when all of this has been ha- has happened already. <laughs> yeah, I need answers on Grimer now. Okay, Gr- okay, so remember how in Sat-EM uh, and Archie at some point Robotnik would have, like, Snively, his little uh, sidekick. Yeah. Well, that's basically Nigel Kitching, the writer for this, thought he had to put Snively in here. Then when he found out he didn't have to, he's like, oh, well, I'll just make my own character then. And that's who Grimer is. Ugh. It's just Robotnik's little... <laughs> it's just a little <laughs> I get... I mean, has Grimer... No, I guess Grimer's always looked like this. He's more of, like, a little goblin than, like, yeah, you know, he Robotnik is, like, into a this. human. Get this guy here. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. It's never explained what Grimer is exactly. He's just a little guy. He's just a weird little scientist guy. He just looks like that. It's a, it's unfortunate that that only only like I and Luke Luke for the most part you're you're missing out on the rest of the the Sonic the comic world that has characters like Captain Plunder and other like robots and other like random humanoid characters to kind of you know like like take the sting out of turning the page and seeing Grimer and being like <laughs> whoa who is that. <laughs> Listen, for me, I got used to Grimer. I didn't know what he was, but I was just like, okay, he's, he's, I guess he's part of Sonic now. Because Sonic the comic was what I understood Sonic's story to be. Because <laughs> we didn't have as much story in the game, so that is what I, that was my context. So, yeah, of course Grimer's there. But for everyone else, it's like, who's this guy? <laughs> who's this weird green bloke? I don't mind Grimer uh, either. I'm glad we are in this story past the era where he was kind of drawn with, um butthole lips Uh, (laughs) they're much less prominent in this story (laughs) uh yep there's porker (laughs) sorry fangs are sharing an image of porker lewis he's just a little guy i don't i don't appreciate appreciate this little guy (laughs) dang hey if you were there for the for porker's most interesting storyline no piggly uh, wiggly looking ass (laughs) (laughs) i'm so glad fangs here oh man Porker, man, Porker cannot come back from that. I'm sorry. I was just going to try and explain like, no, see, he was really traumatized and Sonic was at, like, no, he can't come back from Piggly Wiggly looking ass. I like, no, <laughs> I, can, I can at least defend that Porker is based on a game character. I cannot defend Grimer nearly as voracious. <laughs> yes. I, like, he's just a guy. I like that the panel that Fang has shared with us makes Porker look like Arthur from, <laughs> from the PBS show. <laughs> oh, he does. <laughs> he does have the yellow sweater what and everything. What a wonderful kind well, of day. <laughs> someday, someday we'll have to do a deep dive on why Porker is not just a <laughs> goofy ass. <laughs> we'll have the, the Porker Lewis defense episode one day, but not today. Uh, we've got too much to yeah, we'll cover We'll bring Fang back for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not the Porker Lewis extermination episode. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um Oh yeah, we're doing a comic, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's a comic happening. Um in uh, Metropolis City Zone, there's a big scary monster man, and it's kind of chaos. 
So, like, you know, the, the Chaos design was a little inconsistent in Sonic Adventure. Uh, they had in the Archie Sonic Adventure. Here, it's very much its own thing. Uh, it's really hard to describe what I'm looking at here. He's definitely a water monster, but he's more. They, they definitely lean more into the monster side of things with his little, his little, his little fangs. I hate um, it. I hate it, dude. <laughs> Chaos looks so fucking cool in the game. Like that was like the most Y2K monster I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> and like when it gets really big and it like turns into like the little split jaw monster coming out of the side of the building. Coolest shit I've ever seen in my life. This guy, he just looks like. He's related to Grimer. <laughs> that explains it so much. Oh, aren't you enjoying seeing that back view of him with his weird pelvis bones poking out? But, oh, he does look a bit emaciated, actually. Hank Hill ass. I <laughs> gosh, it is. I d- <laughs> I do like, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be saying this a lot for this adaption. I do like the design as its own thing. Yeah. I do, unfortunately, I mean, to, to skip ahead, I do think it's unfortunate we don't get a big, cool, perfect chaos, like a traditional perfect chaos. It's, it is kind of a big blob monster. I don't mind this design just for being like a scary, pointy goblin. Okay, the thing, it does kind of throw me for a loop. I don't dislike like it like you said they focus on chaos being a monster which i suppose is why they introduced the fact that he literally had projects an aura of fear that affects everyone around him and i think that's pretty interesting yeah that's a cool take but um i would love to have seen the like instead of as chaos i would love to see this like as we'll find out later this is basically just an alien fish in hydro exoskeleton type thing. I would love it. Mutated by chaos. Mutated by chaos energy. I would love it instead of it being chaos. If it was the next form of megatox. Yeah, uh, that's something that's going to go completely over Jake and Fang's head. But yeah, I see what you mean there because it's, it's, it's a so like, just like this big creepy monster thing made out of the purple megamac from Chemical Plant. Yeah, mm. I think like the idea here, like. I do agree in a sense, like, they already have a cool chaos in the Sonic story, and to make this chaos, it's, like, while this could work as its own creepy thing, I think it's just, this is the final story, and it's literally chaos, the the, the, the thing the thing which has, like, plagued Sonic all of his life, because his whole thing is, like, he's fueled by chaos energy. So I get why they wanted to, like, lean into this being, like, the ultimate villain, but also... Uh, chaos is better in the games. <laughs> that's all it yeah. is. But I do the like this design is so on much its own. Cooler. It's it, I, like the floating brain. Are you kidding me? The the alien. The the, uh, the ge- look at this. <laughs> yeah, it's I kind of so... do miss the floating brain. That would be scary. So cool. <laughs> I I am missing the floating yeah. brain. I wish this version so had cool. the floating brain <laughs> as well. It would be like more appropriate with how like gnarled and and like. I don't know, just scary this thing is, is, yeah. But I, I get it. Also, this is how Sonic gets his green eyes, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> both both comics give their uh, reasons for why Sonic has his green eyes, except for this one doesn't also explain why he also has a, bu- a, a buckle on his shoe, <laughs> which yeah. made no sense at the time. <laughs> one, two, buckle my shoe. That's the only thing that bothers me about the STC is his nose turns green too. Um, I guess oh, yeah, it's it just that strong of a green. <laughs> All the light I, yeah, is green. Yeah. 
as someone who is intimately familiar with that stupid issue of Archie where they they update Sonic's design, I this is this is perfectly fine. I like at least they have a reason for this. Like you said, like STC Sonic like has a has a lifelong relationship with the chaos energy, whether it's the chaos emeralds or whatever. That is why Supersonic is evil in this continuity. That is why even after Supersonic splits off, that it's still a huge threat. And so, yeah, to have Sonic like dive through chaos's body, which is teeming with chaos energy and have a reaction to it, like in this continuity makes sense. Mm. And yeah, they, they use it as an extense to give him his green eyes. Why not? It's, it's, much better than if we're if we're comparing contrasting uh the much better than whatever archie's garbage was with super emeralds and not whole being three hours in the future and oh boy <laughs> it is also kind of funny that, that they explain sonic's green eyes and they don't expect why the same why the other characters have their like new eye irises and whatnot but you know whatever it's sonic Amy just shows up in this issue with her adventure hair, right? Like, this was not, like, previous issue, she was doing her hair. It's like, and again, much better than Archie's version. Just just having Amy show up with a new hairdo. Thank God. (laughs) I can understand why they maybe didn't give her the dress. It might not have suited the tomboyish Amy that we get in this comic. Uh, She's got the boots, though. Yeah. A version of them. (laughs) Fang, have you ever come across um, STC Amy before? Like, have you ever seen her in the wild? Yeah. She usually has a crossbow. I didn't know where it came from, but yeah, I've seen this. Yeah, so this is like, she started off like, you know, classic Amy, and then even personality-wise, and then she just, they sort of like leaned into making her sort of tomboyish, kind of like the one who takes control of the situation and can also shoot you with a crossbow. Uh, which is a, a curious interpretation yeah, of Amy, but... I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was the Amy I had growing up. <laughs> I, I've, I've said before I like STC Amy, mostly because she has an actual personality like even even classic game amy didn't really have a established personality until like recent media Mm -hmm. like like sonic the sonic mania shorts and whatnot and i just like stc amy Uh, i've talked about how much i like the fact that they play into her crush on sonic as more of a um almost something she does to like get Sonic's goat. Like there are several times where she'll walk in and be like, and I'm Amy Sonic's girlfriend. And Sonic will be like, no, you're not. Don't tell him that. And she's like <laughs> winking at the camera and it's, it's, it's pretty that cute. Is cute. I like that. I like that they took an, an, an interest in Amy rather than totally sidelining her. Yeah. Oh no. Amy is like massively present in this, uh, in this yes. Sonic the comic. She doesn't just go vanish for ages and then shows up again to be aged up. Um, I still think it's really funny that this is what uh, uh, Falero grew up with. <laughs> I mean, like, we didn't really have many Sonic stories here other than, like, well, obviously we had Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog and Sat AM, but I didn't really have Archie over here or anything like that. It was, we were mainly, like, we had the British Sonic universe, essentially, mm. and a lot of it was, like, based on this kind of idea where, you know, uh, Robotnik used to be Dr. Kinterbor, like, Sonic's friend. Uh, then he became super evil. Like That's cool! Everything in the UK was kind of its own thing. Oh, you, you should listen to our little uh, Sonic Bible episode if you want to know more about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I I think we, we bring it up every time we bring up STC, but you also have to keep in mind that the, the comic book format for STC was so much different. Instead of, like, 
22 to 24 uh, uh, page comic issues that just focused on Sonic stories where you would have like a main story that was, you know, 11 to 12 pages and a like a an ongoing thing like the STC format was more of a like a game magazine um, that had multiple stories in it. And like even the main Sonic issue, like even reading these was only about like six to seven pages. Yeah. And seven page Sonic. Like to begin with, it was like seven pages of Sonic, then a bunch of strips about other Sega games that I usually didn't really care about. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a while before we got to the, like all Sonic all the time. And so you you do just have to like kind of change your mindset like diving into an STC Sonic story arc where they they would tell like story arcs like the the Sonic 3 and Knuckles adaption was like one of the first really big ones and then you know this is the last big one this is like 10 full parts um but sometimes they would just tell like one or two parters and like yeah they only had like 6 pages and so sometimes not a ton would happen but like it was just a different format and so i i think that's when when you run up like we're about to mention it but when you run up with huge events like the real on-screen death of johnny lightfoot they feel it feels a little rushed compared to like an archie sonic issue which might have had geez three months of issues Mm -hmm. like dealing with you know like when mina mongoose gets shot or when sally acorn dies in endgame like they focus on that sometimes to a ludicrous like navel gazing degree Mm -hmm. like you know there's a reason people like joke about the worst of archie sonic being a furry soap opera oh my god you just have characters you know molly grubbing around talking about their problems whereas like sonic the comic did not have the the page real estate to like focus on stuff like that i mean go 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 right ahead with our with the rest of the synopsis here i i want to talk about poor poor johnny's fate <laughs> yeah so basically uh the story continues like we we had uh, we had uh, where are you going you big drip essentially from sonic adventure uh but the, but then chaos comes back out of the drain and uh they fight again and like pork has got his special fancy equipment to kind of like neutralize him because Sonic is too scared to do anything here because of the, the fear toxin or whatever is going on. Johnny Lightfoot, a character who barely does much in the comic, by the way, um, he's often a non-character, he's just a guy who's there, uh, to be honest, is the one who who connects the wires together to make it happen. But he f***ing dies. Uh, so the one time Johnny Lightfoot gets to do something, <laughs> he immediately perishes. Uh, for real. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh it's kind of funny because uh, right as he dies, uh, right as Sonic real- Sonic realizes, oh no, he's dead. He's like, no, he's okay, right? He's just a little shaken up. That's all, and that's all. That's funny to me as a long-time STC reader, because that's what all the little the, the little animals would say when they came, they popped out of the bad nicks. So it'd be like, oh, I'm just a little shaken up. That's all. And but no, Johnny's dead for real. <laughs> and I hate to be that guy. I don't think this moment lands and you know we we talked about how you know this it's partially a result of the shortened runtime for the strips and everything but it's like i don't feel like there's a lot of impact in the moment when it happens and like you said johnny was such a non-character up to this point that it's hard to you know really feel like this is a moment of great impact like from what for what it's worth, I think that I think this moment would have hit a lot harder if it was Porker that 
got taken out. Yeah, Porker for sure. Yeah. Because Porker's yeah. a character who's sympathetic. Yeah, given how much of an arc Porker has been on, basically for the entire comics run, where he struggled for years and years with feeling with like feeling like he is not somebody who can keep up with the rest of the freedom fighters and like struggling with his own cowardice and, you know, the whole you're weak porker, that whole storyline. I almost feel like him actually like heroically sacrificing himself to take take out this big monster thing would have been a more satisfying conclusion to his story arc. But what we're given here just does not land for me. Yeah, but if it was Porker that died, Fang would be like, oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and just to kind of of, kind of play off of that, then they could have maybe um, started introducing like because Porker has more to do in this story and it's a lot of technical stuff. And, you know, like we were talking about earlier, you maybe could have given that to Tails as another Mm, nod to like, oh, yeah, he is supposed to be smart now. And I I completely see where you're coming from. But then I think like, well, and then I guess Johnny just off in the background for the rest of the story and yeah. does what he's yeah, always done which both. is nothing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do think it's funny though that Johnny gets killed by a punch like dude yeah that, lo- that looked so like non-lethal like it, <laughs> it just like he like backhanded him he's dead I appreciate the coloring at least that kind of gives the impact like like Johnny is a solid like color to to make it a little shocking but yeah I don't know like you could have done a like don't you know don't like skewer the poor boy but like maybe chaos like forming like a you know a spike going in. I think a skewer would have been perfect <laughs> <laughs> maybe but maybe that's one of those things that are like no no you can't do that <laughs> not in this kid's comic <laughs> you can kill him but not like that <laughs> I would be very interested to see like the original script or if like there there is an interview out there with with Nigel or something saying like what 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 is the what was the line for this children's comic as far as depicting violence cuz well, apparently I, it was enough that he wasn't allowed to show knuckles almost being hung. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was a Knuckles was in a Wild West town and they just straight up like try to lynch him from a tree. And like the writer got notes saying like, uh, maybe tone, tone the rope down a little bit. Hey, you know, back to the future three, do that instead, (laughs) instead of hanging him from a tree, which is just pretty funny. And (laughs) go, go listen to the, um, uh, I'll dig up what episode of, um, Sonic the comic, the podcast, uh, by friend of the show Dave Bolmer and Chris McFeely, they discuss that and like have access to the original script. It's very, very cool. fascinating and funny. <laughs> well, this is like a least amount of like if you're gonna. <laughs> Damn it, this is so terrible. Uh, you know, this is less violence to a rabbit than you would see in like Watership. Oh, beloved children's film, appropriate for all. <laughs> No, I. It was on TV over here, like when I was a kid. I was like, wait a minute, what? (laughs) It is really good. (laughs) Getting back on track a little, um, I think, yeah, it would have been cool to uh, make it perky instead, just because, like, that it could have been, like, a passing the torch moment for Tails or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but Tails is a bit dim in this comic. (laughs) Forever and always. (laughs) Sorry, Jake, you were going to say something, Jake? Yeah, uh, I I do want to, like, at least slightly come to the defense of how how Johnny goes out because I, I can't speak for anybody else on this podcast, but I have I have been punched in the face by somebody smaller and angrier than me, uh, <laughs> and uh, that that crap hurts. And uh, like this is like chaos is a gigantic 
super powerful water monster. So, like, I just imagine, like, the way that Johnny goes out is just, like, Chaos punches him so hard that all of his internal organs just explode. <laughs> I like a rocket. To be rock- fair, he's an animal from the games. Like, they're not supposed to take that much yes. damage. If they got <laughs> they got attacked, but yeah, for real, then they probably would die. N- not to get too real with it, but like, yes, you can punch someone just right, and they just their soul disappears. <laughs> I mean, he probably broke his neck. You know, like that can happen, and he lands on concrete, yeah. I suppose. So. Yeah. If it wasn't I mean, the punch, I suppose it was he has a rabbit, and rabbits do have fast-paced hearts, and any little thing can kill them at any moment. Yeah, and plus he's like filled with fear toxin. Maybe he's just he yeah. has a coronary and just dies. Yeah. Oh, so true, so true. Dude, we're diagnosing this. We're, <laughs> <laughs> we're going into so much detail as to how Johnny the Lightfoot fucking died. <laughs> <laughs> It is a a shocking thing for a for a Sonic the Hedgehog comic. You know, I mentioned paid lip service to like it almost never happens in Archie. They almost always pull some like superhero comic bullcrap and like, oh, they didn't really die, or you know, it's some character like, oh man, I've already referenced Sir Connery the Horse Knight who does actually <laughs> die on screen. Um, but I do I do think this is a pretty good moment for for Sonic like in the follow up issue where like STC Sonic gets a lot of shit for being like a you know the mean one even though man we've by this time our our revisit of like the supersonic hyper knuckles comic will come out and sonic is a dickhead Um, (laughs) but i i like this bit for stc sonic to where the next issue opens up with like a nightmare of of reliving johnny's death and he is like taking it really hard and like straight up says like this has never happened before. Like all my friends always turn out fine and nothing this bad ever happens. And like, he is, he feels responsible because it's, it's always him like leading the charge into the fights. And he feels like he got Johnny killed. Yeah. So say what you will about the moment itself and whether it was earned or particularly good. I do like the fallout from it. Yeah. I think the fallout is good, especially considering, you know, what kind of arc Sonic has been on up to this point. Yeah. I also, uh, when, when I was reading this scene where, uh, where Sonic was dreaming about Johnny, like, like I knew he died. And like, part of me was wondering if they were about to fake us out. But part of me was also wondering like, Oh gosh, are we just going to see like a dead rabbit's eyes completely open in a children's comic? (laughs) 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 Yeah. Maybe again, a bridge too far. (laughs) No, no corpsing. (laughs) Yeah, by this time, like, is this not where Grimer has told Robotnik, like, oh, you know, I was the one that released chaos from our our chambers um, because I wanted to, like, re-inspire you to your great, you know, your former great self. And Robotnik's like, "Uh, you know, there's no way to control chaos, you stupid idiot moron. (laughs) And why does Grimer care so much? Is Grimer in love with Robotnik? That's the thing I like you can interpret it that way. I'm sure a lot of people do. <laughs> he really, really looks up to Robotnik and really likes doing evil things. He's like very much into the villain life. Like it's a good thing we didn't get Snively because those are two different characters in that respect. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Snively fucking hated his uncle. Grimer <laughs> is very supportive and wants him to be because Robotnik used to rule the world like a la Satayem, like and I'm sure Grimer's like, Oh, I miss those days and we got to do whatever we wanted. So he he really wants his his man a possible love interest uh it's possible mr burns to his smithers uh, yeah oh god i never thought about it like that before <laughs> <laughs> well i think 
I I think the text is at least just like he is just a forever Robotnik's toady. And like you said, he misses when they were on top of the world. And, you know, Grimer is also like a research scientist and like I'm sure can't do much in whatever like banished castle zone this is. And so he just he misses the good life. He wants to see his boss like back on top. And so he, you know, we, we find out how this works out, like does some pretty foolish things, whereas like Robotnik is. I, I kind of like how Robotnik ends up like he is so just over it like this is the end he's like you know whatever like if I can't rule the world might as well like let a monster destroy the whole thing <laughs> as he's like double fisting chicken legs in this one scene he sure was it's interesting because Eggman's whole thing in Sonic Adventure is he's trying to take over the world using this ancient god, but he doesn't realize that, oh no, this was a mistake. But this time it's Grimer that's the one who gets to have the hubris of, oh no, I messed up. And Robotnik's just like, yeah, whatever, mate, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have fun. I, I was thinking about it earlier and like it, Robotnik's disposition in all these comics uh, for this arc kind of reminds me like uh, like a twist of like Vegeta from the Broly movie where Vegeta was just like stunned silence just like the legend uh, but it's it, it'd be like if Vegeta was just like oh the legend well screw it where's the chicken <laughs> yeah yeah basically like like Grimer is like partially horrified you know he's like oh but you can you know you have your chaos control thing and Robotnik's like yeah that never worked and he just complete is completely nonchalant about it whereas Grimer is like oh but we'll you know we'll we'll figure it out we'll 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 find some way to control this monster and Robotnik just continues to be like god you 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 are just irritating me um, <laughs> and and again he's more interested in seeing how bad Bad things can get with chaos before anything because i think this is the uh yeah this is where robotnik taps into like his spy cameras and see that chaos is attacking knuckles and porker on the floating island trying to take their their set of chaos emeralds and i think i think like when when we see chaos here this is the first time he actually speaks in the comic yeah yeah because like and in general uh, yeah. <laughs> like, chaos has never spoken before but this this guy is sentient when he's near the emerald it threw apparently. me off <laughs> yeah I'm noticing like when he makes it to the floating island he kind of has his for lack of a better term his head tentacles that kind of look more like a a traditional chaos by this point a little bit man i feel bad for poor knuckles because he talk about long-suffering stc knuckles <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Fang hasn't come across this Knuckles. He is very much Knuckles from the games, but also a Knuckles who's just like, oh man, five minutes, would you? Could could something not go wrong, please? (laughs) He's like the the, the 30 year old, tired of life sort of Knuckles, which I quite like. I I can see that, yeah. Yep. You know, talked about like Johnny's death, the moment doesn't hit pretty hard. I tell you what hits hard for me is Knuckles making the choice to zip the emeralds off of the floating island, literally dooming it. Like, am I am I misinterpreting this? Oh, no. Floating island sinks forever. It's it's gone. I mean, you know, this is the last story, but the, the island is destroyed. Much different from Sonic Adventure, where it just sort of like lands into the ocean. It's fine. No, this is like. The last ditch move, uh, my whole home is going to sink. Not to be too dramatic about it, it sure does seem that 
Knuckles is contemplating just killing himself. Oh no, he absolutely Yeah, he was gonna go down with it. Yeah. Only death can remove this stain upon my honor. (laughs) Okay, that wasn't just me. (laughs) Amy like bops him on the head to kind of snap him out of it, and he's like, oh. Thanks, Amy. I I won't end it all. <laughs> it's funny because there's a moment in Archie where Knuckles briefly contemplates like murdering Eggman to just be like he's done with it. Oh, and in this yeah. one he briefly <laughs> contemplates suicide because he's done with it all. <laughs> so that's pretty much his entire life's work is, I mean, destroyed. The island is gone. You see poor, these poor little flickies in the corner <laughs> evacuating. Oh it's, boy, it's a, it's a lot. Also, I we can't we can't gloss over the fact that Egg, that uh, Robotnik changes into his adventure outfits for this strip for no other reason than it looks cool. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he's just, this is my end of the world costume. Yes. <laughs> yep. I mean, I've, I've put it in my notes several times that he's putting on his nice church clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I only wish that they had given him the goggles, too. Oh, yeah, man, that would have been nice. I do just, I love this, because this is still Adventures Robotnik, but this is a, you know, almost 150 issues after that and so the design has been refined to where he's he's not much of a cone head and he's big he reminds me of the kingpin from yeah oh yeah yeah. large (laughs) and in charge and i love that he does just put on that the Eggman jacket and they don't you know they didn't try and make it like fit his body to look like the game it's just ah it's a good they, look they could, they could have put jacket. him back in the egg again and had him reemerge, but they didn't <laughs> yeah no yeah because they've had that, that happen that's why we have adventures robotnik yeah. is because one like he looked a bit more like greg martin classic robotnik and then one day he was like yeah oh, i feel like a change of pace i'm going in a big egg and then he came out looking like that. <laughs> That's your context, yeah. Fang, by the way. That's why he looks like that. Oh. He went in a big egg and came out. <laughs> oh. As you do. To make another reference that only a few people are going to get, I didn't realize when Tikal finally appears out of out of Sonic's visions and zaps him back to the past, that she zaps him right into the middle of the echidnas driving a herd of Kohenyu. Yeah, and then she acts <laughs> yeah. like she meant to. She's like, yeah, that was all part of the plan. It's like, are you going to tell us why? <laughs> Which is a whole, well, that's a whole other story where Knuckles finds out when exploring the the floating island that his echidna ancestors drove these uh, this species of dinosaurs to extinction um, by hunting and killing them, even though wow, they were so, like... Wow, so the echidnas suck in both versions of the comics. Cool. <laughs> yeah, oh, <absolutely>. basically. <laughs> well, at least in this one, they're not pretending it's a good thing. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, Knuckles, Knuckles, like, had to come... <laughs> He literally had to come to terms with the sins of his father and like, but that's, that is a story for another day. (laughs) That just clicked for me now that those dinosaurs are more than likely those, those specific guys. It is interesting that the class, like Nigel Kitching's idea for what the Echidna race was going to be like, feels like a lot more in tune with what we get from, uh, from Sonic Adventures echidnas in the past yeah, because very they, much so. they're not like a bunch of like science nerds they're actually a bunch of, uh, you got the impression they were a bunch of a, a tribal race yeah they've got some like uh, technology and stuff as we'll see but there's I don't know it, it it feels like it fits more and and not to gloss over it to call appears and does literally 
transport Sonic back in time. It is yep. not just a vision. Yeah. She takes him be- back to the past, Samurai Jack. <laughs> Thank you. I was thinking it. <laughs> and Sonic, like, not only meets to call and, and uh, her father... Um, which, I mean, props on them for almost getting his name right. Pochaka, it's, Pochaka Mac. Uh, it's probably appropriate that the name is slightly different because this is not the Pochaka Mac. Yeah, the you're game. right. You're this right. is a good guy. This seems like an all right bloke, actually. Considering that funny. Archie got the name wrong, too. Like, you know. I'll yes, they very much did. Um, but yeah, Sonic also meets his version of Knuckles, which... You know, they, I think Knuckles straight up asks him later, like, how can I know you so long in the future? And he's like, I don't know, maybe you, like, went to sleep after all this. And that's about the... As- that's the closest thing to an explanation we get, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the the echidnas are currently fending off, uh, God, these, these armored space warriors which these don't come out of nowhere the um, f- like i know you guys aren't caught up to this point in the comic but the dracon empire is a whole thing in uh sonic the comic later on so this is kind of like tying in uh nigel's law with the uh with the game law and it's interesting seeing these guys here um, i was never like hugely into the dracon empire when i was reading it as a kid but they're pretty interesting they're kind of like a Judge Dread slash like Warhammer 40k like warrior race. They solve everything through like rights of combat. And they were they were introduced in the the Flicky's Island arc of STC, I believe. That's right. Yep. Odd as it is to like tie them into the Sonic Adventure adaption, it is cool to like, oh, this is a you know established thing coming back after after a a, a long time. And this is like both of the both of the comics uh, came up with their own explanation for who the Echidnas were fighting against, the Knuckles clan, because like obviously like they needed the like in the game text they needed the Emeralds for a fight against some unknown army, and uh, in Archie they decided it was the cat people that they keep calling cat creatures because they want to depersonalize them i guess uh-huh. <sighs> and in this case it's the dragon empire isn't isn't part of the story because sonic recognizes this guy and knows exactly how to deal with him because they're little fish people basically piloting i guess this robot armor yeah pretty um much. and so he basically tears his head off and reveals that like oh no the fish guy is only in the helmet i thought that was pretty cool yeah, I, I, I do. I do kind of like that. When, when Sonic kept spinning his head off, because, yeah, like, I'm in the group of, I don't know what a Dracon is. <laughs> I was just like, right, yeah. I was like, he's, he's breaking, he's going to break his neck. Okay. Sonic just straight murdered this dude. Right. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, okay. The sound effect is like a very violent, like, crack. Like, he is he is turning his head around. And, yeah, the, the echidnas are horrified. Yeah, that was kind of funny, because, like, they're these, they're these guys. They're fighting a war. They, they know battle. They... They've, they've fought long and hard to protect their homeland, whatever. And they're just like, oh, sick, dude. Ew, why'd you do that? <laughs> <laughs> You've gone too far this time. <laughs> yeah. We have spears that do that. We don't break their necks. <laughs> Once they get the, <laughs> the little fish guy in like, his own little pool prison, <laughs> uh, the echidnas explain that they... Uh, is this where... Yeah, they explain that they the, the dracon have taken over the uh the echidna's like sacred emerald mind and if i'm interjecting like some somebody can take over for me i'm just no no it's fine it's just, it is a case of they have taken over like like in this version of the world the chaos emeralds were basically uh sacred gems made by the echidna tribe 
but um, they were they had the chaos energy from the Dracon Emperor putting into them. So another origin for the chaos emeralds. Yeah. It, it, especially in this context, like it's fine. It's just saying like, hey, and that's where the chaos emeralds came from. Um, I believe also at this time, uh, Robotnik has activated some kind of resonance beam that is attracting the chaos emeralds um, and their time that Knuckles sent from the island to Robotnik and Grimer's location. Uh, potentially like they, they want to lure chaos there. I like that during, during this resonance beam and like it's making uh, the, the knuckle clan uh, headquarters like shake and just causing destruction, all that <laughs> Sonic Sonic is insistent on wanting to know why he's here, which, you know, fair point. He got transported from the future. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if, and at first like poach, poachamek, poachamek, uh, if Close first, enough. Yeah. <laughs> at, <laughs> at, at first, old Knuckles is, <laughs> uh, he's like, everything's falling down around us. We should probably go. And Sonic's very insistent still, like, no, tell me now. He's like, well, <laughs> he's like, well okay, but if a rock falls on you, it's not my fault. <laughs> Which uh, he does explain that, like, Sonic is their prophesied hero. He holds up, like, a parchment that, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if it's explicitly a reference, but, I mean, I think of the, you know, the mural in Sonic 3 and Knuckles of Super Sonic yeah. fighting, you know, Eggman. And the mural like, in that... Sonic Adventure as well, like, in the yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I. So that's, that's, that's cool. I do think it is interesting that, you know, Chaos is kind of created in a parallel to the same uh, event that created robotnik where yeah know, i was thinking that before yeah, like yeah. the last time sonic did time tower of travel he accidentally created a nemesis yeah but instead so. of a rotten egg it's a rotten fish <laughs> <laughs> and the the echidnas especially um you know pocha kamak here aren't as bloodthirsty as they are in the games or archie's adaption because he is like bringing out their their dracon prisoner trying to like say uh, you know, to like use him as a bargaining chip. Like, can we do a prisoner exchange and you guys can leave us alone? Where instead, you know, the rest of the Dracon like bust up in here and start firing wildly. Mm-hmm. They end up hitting the Chaos Emeralds, which explode next to their prisoner and mutates this dude into the chaos we have seen in the future. Mm-hmm. Interesting. No, I think I was I was going to say does this power limitless power this predates the uh, you know the the Star Wars prequel that <laughs> unlimited oh, no, power. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that is that is the voice I'm hearing. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Quick sidebar by the way. Um I really like how Richard Elson draws Tikal. I think she's really cute. Yeah. yeah. Especially in the yeah. beginning of this one. The beginning of like the newest issue. I don't know. I just like Pretty Girl. <laughs> I, I re- <laughs> well, I really like even even this late where where like the his style has gone through so much revisions and i know going all the way back to like the flicky's island like you you know you had some growing pains um i love how gosh the the sonic characters he draws almost give me the feeling of oh geez this is going to be a weird uh uh comparison but like little like um flocked christmas figures does that make any sense they look like little adorable toys but still <laughs> recognizably sonic figures 
like with with the big you know especially now the big green eyes sonic has i just like it i know it's not to everyone's taste but i think it's perfectly refined um as far as like they are meant to look like this and like yeah like to call looks perfectly at home in the in this style next to next to the other sonic characters and whatnot no elson hasn't fully adapted to the like uikawa sonic adventure look he's tried making sonic spikes a bit longer but he hasn't like uh forced it too yeah. much and you can you, you're violatory various to whether that's a good thing or not um i i generally like elson sonic but yeah this was post flicky's island star-headed sonic that was forced on them so um so i i I think that the art for it is actually pretty consistent and really nice the only thing that makes it look bad is um amy and her frumpy clothes get that out of here uh porky porky you don't look like grimer you don't belong here bunny man forgot your name already r.i.p you don't belong here um other than that like everyone looks really good and really consistent sonic looks a little too angry his forehead's just a little too big but other than that like everyone looks really really good (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Sonic is always looking angry in STC. Yeah. That's kind of his part of his character. He's he's just like that. <laughs> that with that with that uh, with that notice, I, I love the fact now that I'm noticing that like between Archie and and here, it's like it's either all eyeball or much less eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's fun. I can't remember if I've ever said it before. I wonder if well, no, because STC started before Sonic Three was out, didn't it? Yeah. STC Sonic always seemed like it was based on the Sonic 3 Sonic, who does look more angry all the time yeah. compared to like Sonic 1 and 2. That's true. Um, oh man, I need to show you guys the moment I realized. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm reading the UK version of Sonic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, the implications there. <laughs> Sorry, a piece of fan art from uh, Sean Dunn in Stockton on Tees. He really wanted to draw Sonic as Henry VIII. Um, <laughs> And he won a Sonic Digital Watch for it. Cool. Yeah, well, that's what they were giving away as a gift back then. Huh. Okay. It's no water fun game. Although, I feel like, given the chaos storyline, a water fun game might be too on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, chaos gets created in the past. Uh, he tries killing Sonic and uh, Pachakamak, or whatever we want to call him. Pancake. Uh, basically sends him back in time. Yeah, good old Pancake. Sends him <laughs> forward in time again to save his life. But then he materializes in the the modern day chaos instead, and it's just this moment that sort of like reminds me when I'm seeing Sonic basically almost drowning. I'm like, oh yeah, his ultimate nemesis in this not isn't just chaos energy. He's literally water, Sonic's least favorite thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I do like the moment where Sonic like specifically says he is conquering his fear, you know, the the fear force that chaos emits to potentially save Johnny in the future. Like he d- he doesn't even stop to try and think of like if that's how this time travel is going to work, but he says like I he doesn't use the word kill, I don't think, but he he oh, no, he says in the future you kill one of my best friends. So Oh yeah. Well, he he's going to stop chaos here to try and save Johnny. It's it's just a good moment of of Sonic. You know, he's throwing caution to the wind and also it doesn't work. Yeah, he he gets sent sent back to his proper time. After again, like trying to explain to this Knuckles, like I don't know, man, you're just still alive. Also, your your douchebag friend Zachary is alive too in the future. <laughs> well, that's a story for another time. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
This is where this is where like the worm is starting to turn for Grimer because um you know Robotnik has attracted all of the emeralds here. Chaos has shown up and poor Grimer's like, "Okay, Dr. Robotnik, and now what will we do when Chaos gets here?" And he looks at him and he's like, "I don't know, man. That's your job." To be fair, true. Yeah, man. Like, this wasn't my plan. Yeah. Even this too, you know. Poor Grimer's like, it, it's chaos in Robotnik's. You don't say. Yeah. <laughs> Grimer is. I think he is. He's starting to realize Robotnik has truly lost it. Like he, he doesn't want to conquer Mobius anymore. He really just he. He just wants to see how bad it can get. He want he would rather the planet be destroyed and get to watch it happen than, you know, go back to roboticizing little little creatures to serve. Honestly, I respect it. If I had a little evil henchman just decide to like kick it off without telling me anything and yeah. and then it's like, oh, it's my responsibility to clean it up? No. No, you clean it. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep, yep. We do finally see chaos absorb all of the chaos emeralds to become ultros from final fantasy 6 i mean perfect chaos <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah it's not the perfect chaos it's not the oh bring your heart no, it's just like uh, <laughs> a weird water octopus i mean i think it's i think it's scary like take on on its own it's pretty cool but yeah it's not perfect chaos <laughs> yeah, it's not even that big honestly i could probably take it could, could burst out of a skyscraper now <laughs> That that face is kind of making me think of Krang. From, yeah, from he does. Yeah, yeah, he does have a lot of Krang well. energy to him. I am complete. I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this whole time, like with this, and then I think something back in the Archie comics. I I keep thinking about Krang in like different ways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, are we moving on to the point where we're talking about evil Sonic? Yep. Yes. Super Sonic. What the hell yep, is that? Here. What is that? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sorry. We okay. did. We did. This is this going to take you off some in the deep end here. <laughs> That's Fleetway the Hedgehog. <laughs> don't. Jack, please. <laughs> Wait, can I like this? <laughs> for anyone listening, for anyone listening, if you've never read the UK comics, uh, suddenly Super Sonic shows up, but he's evil, and he's like, no. I've got a cat girlfriend now, and uh, <laughs> she vouches for me. I'm not evil anymore. And Sonic's like, "Fuck that, dude! Get the fuck out of here!" And then, and then he's like, "Oh, he'll never believe me. It's fine." And then, and then uh. she's like, "You've got to believe him. Look, he's." He's so different. And then Sonic's like, cool. And he's like, ah, psych, I'm evil. I'm evil. <laughs> and then he absorbs Sonic in the end. But then Sonic turns into him. And then it's like, oh, it's cool. I've just fused you back together. Happy ending. Why have we not been having Fang do all the I know, for real. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, you you hit the big points as presented in the story. The the thing with Supersonic and STC is STC took the the thing from the Sonic Bibles that the Chaos Emeralds are filled with evil energy. The energy in the Chaos Emeralds is bad. <laughs> That's what turned, you know, the 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 loving Dr. Kentabor into Dr. Robotnik. Um and when Sonic goes super for the first time he is overwhelmed by chaos energy and his super form is out of control it's a whole incredible hulk kind of thing 
Yeah, yeah, basically. You you've seen the pictures. He has the swirling eyes. He's crazy. He he just wants to destroy any living thing in his vicinity. And so um he's basically got rabies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um I can't rem okay, I don't remember how did they split up. It was in the Running Wild storyline. Yeah, line. in the Running Wild storyline they used like a star post to have uh Supersonic split and then he ended up in the special zone. So basically, yeah, Sonic was rid of his evil side, although some people would say he was never rid of his evil side cuz it's not that Sonic's an ass all the time to tail. Really <laughs> <clears throat> but yes, uh they they got split up. They got split up. Uh, then one point uh Supersonic returned, but he used up too much of his power and was left like Basically powerless and with no memory of who he was, and he's just he's just a little scrum, little scrunchy little guy. He's just a li- he's just a little birthday boy, just yeah. going around <laughs> saying, "Oh, I, I don't know, I, I I don't think I was ever evil. What's going on?" And that's the that's essentially the supersonic we're seeing here. Except for right now, he's like he's got, he, he needs a top up of his uh, chaos energy because he's dying. Yeah, he's and, dying. Uh, he was he was friends with this god. She really is taller than him, actually, Ebony. Uh, yeah, Man. Ebony's cool. I love Ebony. Nah. She's neat. She's, she's a sorceress, and she's and you know like goals. Man, look at that. Oh wow. <laughs> anyway, um... <laughs> she is a. I mean, I hate to say Doctor Strange again. She has real magic. Yeah. Like she, she's a cool casting spells and whatnot. And well, she's just got a big heart. So she believed Supersonic when when he said, "I don't want to be evil anymore, <laughs> and I'm dying. Can you help me?" And well, the poor girl's just too trusting maybe he did though because like the, he really did lose his memories and like maybe at this point he is a different person but the moment he the moment he's like essentially what happens is he sucks up all the the energy from the perfect chaos and the chaos emeralds and like he's fully charged now and and now it's like oh no it's all come it's come flooding back to me now i'm a dick so, <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's it there, there is another, a, a couple of another cool moments here. Sonic again is just he is so overwhelmed with with anger that he fights perfect chaos's perfect fear effect and and pulls one of the emeralds out of him. I just like that. It's, you know, it's Sonic like using his guilt over Johnny combined with anger just to like push through all this. It's and, like using spite as a motivator yeah. in this situation, as we have all done. <laughs> And this is where we get the final, the the last straw for Grimer, where, God, I just, <laughs> I love this exchange. It's, it's Robotnik says, I keep on telling you, Grimer, my faithful fool, I didn't have a plan. This is the end for us all. And he's just quietly in the corner. You're, you're mad. And just a big old close up of Robotnik's face. And he says, so what? <laughs> That's good. He's he has totally lost it. Oh I, man. Uh, okay, so this part actually confused me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Grimer, they're having that exchange right. Um, in the midst of like the supersonic battle, uh, he's like, I "Can't believe you have no plan." He's like, "I just wanted to be you, Mobius died." Um, you got me trying to do Eggman voices now, and um, <laughs> I like it. He goes, "You're mad. You're you're completely insane." Oh, and one more thing, and then. The it's never said. What was the one more thing? The one more thing is he says, I quit. Uh, oh, yeah. I think that's the next <laughs> issue. Oh, oh my yes. God. My microphone was blocking it. <laughs> literally had to wait. Yeah. Yeah. Literally t- two weeks. Two, we had to wait two weeks for the next issue for the one more thing. The one more thing is I quit. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god. What well, yeah, you're really telling Eggman. Yeah, Eggman really cared. Eggman Eggman really was banking on your employment here. <laughs> I, that that wasn't the serve he thought it was. I I at least think you know, you at least have to go like, well, good for you, Grimer. And we we, we hope he went and like made made a better life for himself <laughs> <laughs> and left Robotnik to, to wallow in his his nihilism. <laughs> but yeah, it's wasted on Robotnik. Yeah. It's just yelling at a brick wall that doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Supersonic absorbs all the chaos power again. In- instinctively, you know. It goes exactly how you expect. He gets his memories back, and he's immediately back to being evil. And he chucks the uh, Dracon into a puddle where he gets eaten by alligators. And also we get our one Big the Cat appearance. Yeah, Big. Which yeah. apparently <laughs> the, the fans in the Yahoo group like at the time were like, can you put Big in this, please, Nigel? Can you? It's like, well, all right, there he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right then. I mean, that fits. Uh, that's kind, <laughs> of, kind of Big's legacy in a way, you know? Like when you're playing yeah. the, the Eggman yeah. in Tales stages, he's just in the background. Wait, he was in the back. He was in the background of like every stage, right? Yep. Yeah, on the Dreamcast version of SA2, yeah, yeah. he's just there if you press certain buttons or something, and he's just <laughs> the one driving force of Sonic Adventure 2 is Big the Cat in the background. <laughs> I do just feel bad for poor Ebony. She's She really went to bat for, for Super Sonic, and <laughs> the f- first thing he literally does is says, like, yep, Sonic was right. <laughs> I'm no, a you guys, he, uh, he's changed, I swear. You know, he's really good around me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that sort of. Oh, <laughs> he's never tried to kill me. She's not going to live that down either. Like, they're going to be, like, at a party. Oh. She's like, you got to try this fruit punch man. It's a killer. And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's funny you should say that. <laughs> killer, yeah. <laughs> oh, are you sure, Ebony? I don't know. Last time we tried, she's like, okay, well, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking about a beverage. Uh. <laughs> We kind of come full circle here where Tails comes swooping in to to deliver a sucker punch to Supersonic and gets zapped. And Sonic, oh, poor Sonic gets re-traumatized all over again, thinking Tails has bit the big one. And then Tails is like, yeah, actually, you know, if you'd played Sonic Adventure, you know, I'm tough now. <laughs> <laughs> but also, it's funny. Like, it's again, it's just like, look at the actual concern written on Sonic's face over Tails. Show that to all those fans sharing, like, Cherry pick screenshots of Sonic being a dick to Tails in SDC. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, t- and Tails reiterates that, you know, Johnny would not want him to to use him as an excuse to like quit being a hero, which is, you know, it's a little out of nowhere. And it's also like, okay, how do you know that? Did Johnny tell you that? But it's, you know, we get it. You know, it's a it's a little bit of of uh word of the author, just trust me. Yeah. <laughs> Sonic locks fists with uh uh, super is as again grimer tells robotnik to piss off for the final time <laughs> ebony charges up one last magical spell and it sure looks like it backfires and poor sonic has been rebounded upon and killed by super he becomes a big blue raisin yeah yeah <laughs> But then it's it's revealed that things have just been put back the way they were as Supersonic fades into our blue hero Sonic as they have been recombined to one entity. Yep. At last. And also they still can't keep Ebony's muzzle color consistent. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's been like that the last two issues. But you know what stays consistent? Her muscular shoulders. Yes. So oh, yeah. true. My yeah. God. I like that. Goals. <laughs> she is. <laughs> yeah. Who, there's She's so much cool. detail going on. She's got a collarbone, shoulder bone, the 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 neck muscles, the 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 shoulder muscles going into the neck muscle. Man. It's funny, you know, we were pointing that out with Archie, but as you know, STC did that with like almost all of the characters but the Sonic ones. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know, it just didn't it, it never felt as out of place, I guess, but I don't know. Man, she is fucking ripped. Yeah. Isn't she? <laughs> Say what you will about her, her ability to judge character, but she's been hitting the gym. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, we end on a final panel of Sonic and his pals recommitting themselves to protecting planet Mobius now and forever as Johnny looks down on them like he's the end of Stardust Crusaders. <laughs> yeah. Like he's, uh, he's in that one weird music video with the guy going... <laughs> the ending panel, like I, I'm sure I would have loved it as a kid, but like reading it as an adult, I'm like, oh god, no, this can't be, yeah, this can't be how it goes. Oh, no, you can't end it like that. Not with the superimposed, like scared looking rabbit guy up in the sky, <laughs> dude. Mufasa the Catwoman, <laughs> she just looks, she just looks like she is phased out knuckles with the nervous mouth what is amy's terrified <laughs> interpretation of his like crooked mouth from like the old art but it looks a bit weird yeah. there amy amy doesn't know what the fuck is going on and and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he is just kind of like uh so do i go with you guys or my eyes are to fly away <laughs> you know my i'll face. just leave I'll just leave. <laughs> Have you noticed on the top right panel, the last page, Robotnik's just like, well, see you guys later. I mean, to be fair, like, he's just he like, is. you know, he, he didn't cause any of this. <laughs> he's just like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm done, I'm out. Yeah, he's in his grandpa. Uh, you know, <laughs> Where are my chicken legs? <laughs> you know, I don't know if this is just me, but Robotnik in th- some of this story is really giving me like Brian Cox from Succession energy, <laughs> just kind of making everyone else's lives miserable. And the- then at the end, he's just like, oh, go on, go on, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of... Uh, not just the end of the Sonic Adventure adaptation, that is the last ever story we got for Sonic the comic, and uh, if you wanted a, a straight adaptation of Sonic Adventure, you sure as heck didn't get that here, because it's 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 using, it's like they've got a bunch of toys to play with from the game, uh, and they made a story out of it, and it's a consistent story overall, I think it's a well-told story, but yeah, this is barely sonic adventure they bought the lego set but they didn't follow the instructions <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i uh I, I i completely understand the the criticisms of that and i know i know they 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 will be shared i do have to say like i vastly prefer this to what archie tried to do the, the the consistency is what matters to me like the, this feels like you know as someone who's read like stc up to a certain point this feels like an stc story and 
the 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 biggest thing that gets me is that you know reading this i i guess it really didn't hit me into this last page and then i guess trying to go to the next issue this really is the last proper stc story and i feel like if it wasn't the last thing we ever got cuz it feels like so much of a you know sonic saying like well whatever comes next we'll deal with it we always do um, it feels so much more like a beginning of a new era than like the end forever. And, you know, as, as silly as it is, I like, I see like the, the sweetness of ending like with, oh, and you know, for the ones that have fallen Johnny Lightfoot, but uh, yeah, it is hard to not just be so melancholic about this being the actual end of STC. Yeah. I mean, STC was like, die, it was on life support for a long time up to this point. And STC didn't end here. But it's all reprints until the end. Oh boy! So it's just like old stories over again. Nothing new. It's kind of sad. You know, it's really sad uh, that they didn't incorporate this woman into either. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Oh yeah, the low poly swimsuit lady from Sonic Adventure. That's what all. That's what they were missing. They had Sonic at the beach side of the hotel, and they didn't show her. Now where the hell was she? I think you 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 have detailed thoughts on this, Luke. I want to I want to get them on record. Like I said, I do think it is a better, more interesting story than what Archie was trying to tell. But at the same time, like I feel like it diverges so much from the canon material that I can't that I honestly like can't say that I really like it as a sonic adventure adaptation because i it really isn't one for the most part like part of the reason why i and a lot of other people really liked stc you know is that you go back to some of the earliest strips and they are very very much you know of a piece with the games they're clearly trying to build on that world in meaningful ways and you know you look back at the sonic cd adaptation the sonic three knuckles adaptation and you know they take creative liberties there too but you can still clearly see that they are trying to use the games as a template and just putting their own you know little touches on the they're still hitting the big beats and you know trying to do that well it is this feels like Nigel Kitching looked at a picture of the Sonic Adventure cover art and then based the story on what he inferred from that rather than, you know, trying to do a proper adaptation. And it's like, yeah, it's it's a, it's a decent enough story and it fits with the rest of STC, but it is such like a departure from what I, you know, want or expect out of a direct game adaptation that it's hard to, you know, really recommend in that respect. It is a bit grim as well. <laughs> it's very grim. Sorry, you were saying fine. No, you're, you're good. Um, you, you know what? I think that's fine because, you know, you remember how Sonic Adventure ends. That's yeah. pretty fucking grim. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I just, um, yeah, I, I got to say that um, it definitely feels like there was a lot more uh, consideration put into the uh, UK version. I, I keep forgetting the initials. Um, STC. But... STC. 
SDC, SDC. Um, but yeah, and 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 you know, they 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 cared about um, making it true to the worlds that the games have built. Whereas, like with the Archie comics, God, I f- loved them as a kid. But like, it were, it really was just like total drama island. But like Sonic characters, <laughs> yeah. like you remember the shit with like Mina Mongoose and like her manager and and, and oh, oh yeah, God. oh god, don't bring I was eating it up as a kid, but like now I'm like, what the fuck was going on? <laughs> yep. So yeah, I mean, it had like nothing to do with the games, like nothing. So you know. Well, Nigel Kitchen was given the right to do whatever he wanted. Like, unlike what was going on in Archie, Nigel has said that like, yeah, I was given a lot of free reign to do what I wanted here. So, and I suppose in many ways, if they tried to go for a closer adaptation, it would have like run up against some of the things that aren't in STC, like having humans in it, I suppose, that aren't like Robotnik and whatever the hell Grimer yeah. is. Uh, but I, it's it's kind of one of those things that, yeah, this is definitely one of the most divergent um, adaptations they've done, where it's it does feel like they're sort of struggling with, like, uh, trying... I guess they, they weren't really struggling to work the Sonic Adventure in it, because they just didn't. <laughs> they just took a few elements of it and made their own thing. In a way, yeah. that's kind of like what adaptation is sometimes, is you take what elements you want to tell the version of the story that you want. But yeah, I can see why people who are like big into Sonic Adventure might read this and be like, oh no, I'm miserable now. <laughs> this isn't Sonic Adventure. This is, someone dies and and uh, and yeah, it's 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 kind of mean. But uh, I still I still like it as a story. I think it's pretty good yep. as a story, and I can't always say that about the Archie. Honestly, I think children's <laughs> media that presents people dying is you know, obviously it's not always good, but I think it's important to show sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think especially for how they handled it in this story where Sonic like spells out several times that he feels like it's his fault because he's been mm-hmm. reckless in all of his adventures. Mm-hmm. But it's always worked out in the past. Nobody ever gets hurt, but somebody does this time. And I, 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 re- I really like that. Yeah, I, and I like media that treats like child children readers as like intelligent, emotionally intelligent and can you know handle stories like that so it's cool yeah i think what we're all trying to say is that the perfect sonic adventure comic adaption is that unfinished spanish fan comic from the 2000s that never got finished actually i can't believe this is still up oh man like we can't focus on this i just remember reading these you know, these scanlated things and also being very scandalized when Sonic flips the bird on a page. And- <laughs> Shut up. Let me see. You, you should be used to that by now. I love this. Yeah, yeah. I had not, not discovered the Sonic OVA by this time, but... I, li- I like this presentation of chaos being all, like, pitiful and ooh-woo because, like, it, <laughs> it kind of yeah. like, hey, yeah, you know what? This thing probably was a chow once. Yeah, and they just shoot him. <laughs> they see this this weird creature they've never seen before. I was like, right, fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we have these guns. Station Square is an American city, is it not? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I think we're done now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a sign that we're done with it. Uh, anyway, Sonic Adventure had some interesting adaptations. Um, Interesting is a word I'm going to use. <laughs> In conclusion, Sonic Adventure comic adaptions are a land, a land of, of contrast. contrast. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, you know, we always say, if you want to read Archie, I'm not going to stand in your way. I don't think this is a good jumping on point because it's a, a lot of baggage. Um, there's some cool stuff in there. I do. I mean, it, yeah, it's hard to say, like, jump into these, like, get to them when you get to them. Like, I, I vastly prefer STC's take on this, but also it is the culmination of STC as a whole. And you should yeah. probably read the beginning first. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike what we did with Fang, where we forced her to read the end. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is the second time that we have brought a guest on to read the end of a long-running Sonic comic series. Oh, that's true. Oh, no, you're right. We did that with Archie, with Dave. (laughs) I'm glad I did, though. I I love Sonic Adventure. I played it so much as a kid so much and like even now when i replay it i still discover new little things like eggman's pull out bed (laughs) (laughs) yep i mean doing this show has like i think deepened my love specifically for sonic adventure like we we did episodes like good thing because we keep talking about we never stop yeah Keeps like, happening. you know, oh, yeah, I still love Adventure 1 and Adventure 2, and I do still like Adventure 2, but uh, there's just something super special about that first so Adventure. So true. Right? Have you watched a uh, video essayist uh, YouTuber Hazel's video on Sonic Adventure? But yeah, I, I, I feel like, you know, there was it definitely had its issues, you know, it's, it's definitely like a broken game, but like there was like so much love and care baked into that game. Like, you know, the fact that like the Sonic Adventure team went to South America yeah. to, yep. to like, ex- like get a feel for like what they wanted their game to like look and feel like. And like that, like textures on the on the pyramids actually being photographs that they took. Yep. Yep. So cool. That's so cool. I love it. I love it. Yeah, we we are very complimentary of Sonic Adventure here. Yes. We're like it may <laughs> we don't tend to call it a rocky transition to 3D. It was a perfectly functional, really pretty transition to 3D. Yes. Yes, I agree. Um, <laughs> a little rocky sometimes, <laughs> but you know, that's just the nature of it. That was a time like where everything was transitioning in 3D. It was all rocky. It was it, none of it was perfect. So everything sure. was clunky, and you know what? Like, in this day and age, we look back at those low-poly times and we're like, oh, this is such a mess. I love it. You know? <laughs> that, yeah, that I, I genuinely there. love, 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 love low-poly aesthetics. Are so I mean, that's nice. why you got a model of one, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that definitely wraps us up for this episode. Uh, yes, uh, the world of Sonic Adventure comic adaptions, as has been said, is a world of contrasts. <laughs> um, and I'm very glad that we all got to do this together. And I want to say I want to have Fang on for more specifically comic episodes because this was absolutely <laughs> hilarious and fun. <laughs> oh, dude! Oh, you got uh, the minute it's like a Rouge the Bat episode, it's over. <laughs> oh, please, yes, please. <laughs> um, but this is the part of the episode where we get to plug our socials. So I have been Rata J. And you can find me on uh, all the socials as Rock the Jake, and you can find me on Twitch as Mr. Rock the Jake. You can find me on Twitter at Cyberlink420. And I'm Game Buddy, and uh, can usually be found under that name around the internet, sometimes with a one, two, three at the end. And you can find me on Twitter at Great Job Jeremy. That's G R and the number eight. And I'm Falero. You can find me all across the internet at F A U L E R R O. I love that jingle. <laughs> and also we got on someone else that's a good delivery um and i'm fang the caveman uh you can find me <laughs> everywhere at f-a-n-g-g-u-u fangu yoroshniku <laughs> can i find you at my local library uh not yet 
Oh, not yet. <laughs> I'm working on it. Working on it. New York Times bestseller, Fengu. <laughs> Uh, a special thanks so much to Amy Waters for the use of our theme song from the album Gotta Go Slow. You can check out more of her work on YouTube and Bandcamp. And I also implore you to please go follow her on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Waters. And as always, please sincerely remember to subscribe to the show on whatever platform of choice, whether it's YouTube or a podcatcher. Uh, please rate, please share, please comment. Um, and I mentioned this before, but like, please, like we especially love comments on like the YouTube videos and wherever else because we read them. I I love reading and seeing just like how people interact. And uh, I I. I, I I apologize. I forget the name of the user, but like every time we post a video on YouTube, there's one person who's like always like, like the first post, like before they even listen to it, I'm sure they just go like, yes, more. <laughs> so, so shout out <laughs> to the energy we want to bring. I think it was Grace Kim or something. Yeah. She's someone who's always there. Like, it's like, yes, every time we bring out an episode, please. Oh, someone there. So just excited to hear us talk about Sonic hours. <laughs> I, I love how strong uh, the Sonic fandom is still going. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Doing this show has really like brought about like the, the fun things about the Sonic fandom for me to where I'm like so happy that like we can have a little community with, with that positivity. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But yes, we, we genuinely appreciate the, the community support and the community interaction through comments, through subscriptions, through all of that. And we thank you for listening to this all the time. For our next episode, we're finally breaking free of the Sonic cycle of Sonic Adventure, and we're going to jump forward quite a few years, and we're going to finally talk about Sonic Mania. Woohoo! Yay! It's yeah. about time. <laughs> the crown <laughs> jewel. <laughs> I, oh, man. Wasn't it lovely that Sonic Mania happened at all? Yes. It yes. sure is. <laughs> That's all I have to say about it. It's so good. I mean, well, I'll have plenty to say next time, but oh, I'm yeah. really excited to look back on this game. It's one of my all-time favorite Sonics, so yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's been a while since I've played all the way through Mania, so I'm itching to get back into it. And also, I know that... Um, I think this will be fun uh, that Luke and I have delved into the world of modding our personal handheld consoles and that there are Sonic Mania ports on those consoles. And I think it'd be fun if we also brought that experience to it as well. Ooh, all right. It's, it's different. I'll say that. <laughs> so again, thank you for listening. And that wraps things up. I have been Rock the Jake. I'm Cyberlink. I'm Game Buddy. And I'm Falero. And I'm Fang. Uh, uh, oh, flower, pretty flower, show your face and I'll sting you. <laughs> did, I, did I do it? Did I do it? You did it. You did it. I'm proud of you. Yay. This has been The Hill is Always Greener, and we'll see you on the other side. Woohoo! We did it. Yay. Rest in peace, Johnny Lightfoot. Burn in hell. <laughs> <laughs>